0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Reaction Shots for July 2020. We're talking about samurai movies. And I am honored to be joined, of course, by Michael Huber. Yep. Yeah. And by our two esteemed guests, returning guests now, both of them, Tokyo Slim. And- Hi. <laughs> and Matthew Walden.
1: Hey there. Two um, fam-
0: I- fan favorites.
1: I am so glad to be back. I miss everyone here in these four quadrants. Tokyo Slim, it's nice to meet you by video, but nice
2: to uh, Hu- talk to you as well,
1: Hubert, Ian. I'm I miss hanging out with you every time I'm two. on reaction, reaction shots. Two. I leave with like a high. I walk off like off the soundstage on like a. I was just on reaction shots. I'm <laughs> so I, I f- happy to be back here. You're f- you're all the great. The feeling is very <laughs> mutual. I always love
0: our talks. I'm also hoping that you reveal. So, like that you have a tattoo from Ron or some, something. Every time, every time you're on, <laughs> I learn some new crazy thing about well,
1: it. You know what? That's funny that you brought that up. My wife just gave me a tattoo at home as a present with a needle that she taped to a Popsicle stick and just like jabbed <laughs> it in my arm. Uh, it's like very romantic. Yeah, we, it's quarantine. We're a couple months in, so it's time to get a little wild. Yeah, it's right here on my uh, arm. She did the Big Dipper. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, I was impressed. Uh, she did a good job. That
3: looks
0: good. Yeah. You guys are like character You you guys are like living down by law or something.
1: Uh... <laughs> we are very Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, we, we fit the stereotype. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: he's doing a Q and A. You sent me that link, Jim Jarmusch Q and A coming up. Or ghost dog the ghost s- dog yeah yeah so they're the doing a, a hannibal reunion oh my god really coming up yeah uh well that's exciting does is that a portent of things to come hannibal season four who knows i don't know hmm. i'm excited for the what have you liked lately segment but i'll start with you guys um hubert tokyo slim matthew anyone Uh, see anything that you liked lately that's off-theme?
2: Ooh, off-theme. I just watched... uh, Hold on one second. What's it called again? (laughs) I just watched it like today. Uh, In the Cold of Night is a... uh, um, It's kind of like a Skinamax B-movie that got made in the 80s and Vinegar Syndrome re-released it on HD Blu-ray. And I watched it, and it's it's in, set in L.A., but, like, it's the most weird, dreamlike Los Angeles, like, you know, they got all of Don's fog machines out of storage <laughs> and, like, uh-huh. you know, not typically a foggy city in the not summer. Um, and, you know, like, it, there's just ridiculous dialogue and the whole, like, the it does not go where I thought it was going to go, which is... Oh, always a great thing for me, anyway. Like, well,
0: you had me like, at Skinamax you know. for sure.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's definitely there. I believe when it first got released, it was X rated, and then they cut it down to R, and then with this re-release,
3: it's
2: oh. now nc seventeen.
3: Okay.
2: Um, so they added some stuff back into it. So it's it's in a, not an adult movie, but it's for adults, obviously. <laughs> um, Do they and, still have uh, um... the transfer? Is great, and it's it's totally like. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. It's it, it's it's totally like vaporwave aesthetic, like neon pinks and blues, and you know, fog machines, and then like just like chromed everything, and it it, it was it was a pretty enjoyable watch. I liked it. And what's it What's it called again? Uh, in the cold of the night, and okay. it's very very poorly reviewed. I think <laughs> if you read any like reviews on it, I. I don't know, I liked it personally, so maybe I'm the I'm the crazy one and I've just been watching way too many samurai movies. Like what you like, man. Like what you like. like, what <laughs> yeah, you
4: like. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: But uh I, I thought it was pretty good and uh XWF Outlaw, who is a member of the community, yeah. also got it recently and reviewed it more in depth than I did, and he also enjoyed it. So there's at least two of us that well, like it, it put.
0: I know it's the different lyrics and I, I guess they're referencing something else, but it, it put that scene from toys in my head when, uh, she's in the bathroom singing in the heat of the night. That part. <laughs> yeah. to- that's I totally actually right.
1: really like toys. That *Toys* is great. Reviewed, but I like toys. Underrated. toys. It has
0: such a surreal
1: atmosphere. It's There's so no weird. It feels like it. Yeah.
0: yeah. It is so bizarre. It's like, Got pacing nightmares toys, but it's like such a fun My sister and I quote toys all the time Like anytime <laughs> our food is touching we're always just like My food's touching. I hate it when food touches I'm a military man, I want a military meal Hello, <laughs> Cool Jay, and that is insane
4: <laughs> um, Do they all still right. make X-rated movies? Or is no. that just like porno now? It's NC-17 now Okay
2: the, uh, the yeah. part in Toys where LL Cool J is like camouflaged as the couch is one of those visual metaphors that always like pops into my head at the weirdest times when I see like a very ornate couch or whatever. I'm like checking for LL Cool J in the pillows.
4: Is that
0: you, LL? <laughs> uh, does anyone know the first X-rated movie? Was it Midnight Cowboy? I believe it was Midnight Cowboy. Yes. Pretty trivia,
1: nice. Yeah. Midnight Cowboy is a great movie. I didn't see it till like last year. I missed out on it. It's really weird and it's interesting. Good. It's good. I love how specific of a story it is. I don't want to give away the ending, but when the credits roll, you're like, oh, that's what this movie was about. Yeah. About those two dudes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And like, it's it's got one of those iconic, you know, like 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 Blade Runner like tears in rain like ad lib lines that's just became the most famous thing ever, the, the, Hey, I'm walking here is like an ad lib. Cause that car, yeah, I didn't wasn't know that came from to, that movie. Yeah, yeah. That, that car wasn't supposed to, it like, they were making a bunch of cars wait and that one just sped through and almost killed Dustin. Off. Uh,
2: Which would have been a much shorter, worse movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Huber, you see anything lately that you liked?
4: No, just watch the, everything's <laughs> on topic um all right well that's good you're very disciplined i I appreciate that my uh my wife and i always watch things when we eat lunch and dinner so our current queue is the vampire diaries television universe and the originals dude i thought this i thought this was gonna be like some twilight-esque teenage vampire like romance show and dude shit gets dark as hell and so brutal Really good horror, like, really good just, like, use of shadow and, like, horror elements. Really good gore, like, people get their hearts ripped out and, like, decapitated. Uh, There's, like, a 10 out of 10. I I was talking to Don about this because Don loves special effects. And I was, like, talking about, I I love when people, uh, pyrotechnic people, like, are on fire in fire suits. Incredible Sequence in one of the seasons where this guy is just on fire in the kitchen, like walking. He's like, ah! he's like, burning, dude. it's So intense. That just, just that made me think of the scene in
0: uh, Scrooge to <laughs> when that guy's on fire and it does that freaky like la 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 soundtrack. I'm just like syndrome all over the place because right I love it. Here. <laughs> it's, that, yeah, so that reminds it. me of uh the magicians when i was like watching the magicians season one or whatever and i was like oh this is Love a fun it. little oh my god this is mm-hmm. so intense now
4: totally like, dude similar vibes yeah
2: i actually watched like three seasons of that before i gave up on it yeah, I, watched season yeah.
4: One. I think like they had seasons one through three out but like four wasn't out on netflix i want to go back and finish it because i know it just ended
0: I just saw a banner ad earlier today for Penny Dreadful: City of Angels. I didn't even realize that was like out. Mm-hmm. Natalie. With Nathan Dorms? Lane. Natalie Dormer in. Nathan Lane's in there. Nathan Lane dude is like one of the leads. Lane. Yeah. I saw oh, Nathan then, uh, Lane as Gomez in the uh, pretty bad Adams Family musical in nice. Chicago back in the day. Anyway, well,
4: that's when musicals still existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick shout out, obviously, to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. final season is probably the best season (laughs) of the show. Uh, There's been seven episodes, six episodes, so there's like seven left. Uh, Just the way it's tying into the MCU is insane. While also, like, it just, like, cares about their characters. Because my wife is watching The 100, which is her favorite show. Uh, And it's on the final season of that. And she's just, like, so disappointed because they're... Setting up like a prequel show and not servicing the existing characters, and when a final season does that, that's like really disappointing. Well, so, that's... Sh- shout out to Shield for just like delivering. It is amazing, so good.
2: What When is there going to be justice for Coulson? When is he coming back to the main main MCU, man?
4: I mean, he was in Captain Marvel. That was pretty good. And like, yeah, but that was
2: like the past, though. Like, yeah, like because everybody still thinks that guy's dead
4: yeah i know i know it's crazy but uh the i gotta see i can't answer that until this season wraps up because it is so crazy
2: okay yeah. okay yeah fair it's enough like i haven't lot, been following along but a lot I, I, is going on i think if he comes back in a movie i'll have to go back and watch agents of shield and that's yes that's yes. how you get me to watch agents of shield as you hell, yeah. Of that. hell yeah
3: dude i hope i hope
0: never know phase whatever four or five whatever phase we're on new yeah. it's a whole new 2020 year. yeah uh matthew you see anything lately that you liked yes i have <laughs>
3: um
1: <laughs> I, i've been watching uh paranoia agent the oh yo anime nice. by satoshi nice. Kone, which um i really like Satoshi Kon a lot. Paprika is one of my favorite movies and Millennium Actress is cool. Perfect blue. I'd never seen this anime paranoia agent. I found it hard to track down actually, but it's finally out on streaming. It's so good. Um, it kind of crystallized for me, a lot of the stuff that's on this director's mind. Like the show is about some random, um, assailant who in the middle of the night hits people with a golden baseball bat and then skates away on roller skates. Um, which sounds like an odd setup for a show, but he uses it to kind of delve into the way people buy into imagery and narratives about themselves and about the culture and how that shapes our choices. And it was like, oh, this is what all his work is focusing on, all his movies. This guy has like even more on his mind than I assumed at first. So I highly recommend it. If you like him, check out Paranoia Agent. It was great. I
0: watched have any it. of you seen it? Yeah, or I watched it back yeah. in
1: college. Uh, so I, my memories
0: are foggy, but yeah, it used to be on Adult Swim. I guess it's probably why I'd seen it. But yeah, that kid, the baseball bat is freaky. That and Boogie Pop Phantom, I would watch a lot in that era of my life.
1: Yeah. So. Um... I enjoyed that, and then I also saw Doctor Sleep, and I've been dying to talk to Huber about it.
4: Dude, I because watched Huber, that. I can't, I can't the do it. I Dude. know I do. Okay, I've heard it is so amazing, but The Shining is too sacred, <laughs> and and even if Doctor Sleep is a ten, watching The Shining after seeing Doctor Sleep, no matter what, it'll penetrate. It'll be in there, and I just I need to keep Stanley Kubrick and The Shining in a sacred box inside my mind. I just can't do it. I know what you. what you mean. A box your mind,
1: mind, Huber. It's good. It's um The ways that I liked it are, are the times it's different from The Shining. And yeah. it kind of goes in, in its own direction. It has an awesome cast of villains. The villains in it are really cool and creepy and fascinating. And then the last half hour kind of like digs a little bit more into the Shining mythology, and that's where I didn't love it as much. But when it's being its own movie, it's, it's pretty great. It's fantastic. Did you watch the, the director's and- cut? I don't think I did. I just saw whatever okay. was VOD. Is the director's cut? Because I think
2: both of them are streaming right now separately. Uh, I don't um, know which so. one I
0: caught. I watched, I watched okay. it. I actually, It was one of my uh, things for this episode too, actually, Matthew. So it's amazing that you brought it up because I watched it for the first time like two days ago uh, on HBO. So whatever. Yeah, it was like two and a half hours long. So I don't know if that might have been the director's <laughs> cut. But yeah, it it's, I, I liked it. Like I, I liked it way more than I thought I would. And yeah, the stuff that's interesting is when it's being its own thing. But I'd say it doesn't, it doesn't, it does, my preference, when it's, if it has to rehash a beloved classic, is it doesn't try to, it doesn't try to be it. It just says, like, we cast people who look like these people, they're not even really trying to do, like, impressions per se, it's just like, you know who they are, it's fine, like... Which is good, and way better than doing CG people.
2: Uh, I am so glad they did not do CGI faces <laughs> for, for the people who are
0: returning yeah. characters.
2: Yeah. Uh, that, would have just, that would have been a slap in the face.
0: Yeah, it would have been bad news. Yeah, it's funny because it's like, I, I don't know, Matthew or, or Tokyo Slim, maybe you guys agree. I, I don't think it
1: impacts the legacy of The Shining Really? It's almost different enough yeah. where yeah. the new movie feels like it's in its own box. And you can either take it or leave it. Especially because they have a different actor play Jack Nicholson's, like, uh, flashbacks. So you're not really, like, altering your perception of the original Shining. which I, I like. You're like, that's not Jack Nicholson. But also, you're not really screwing
4: with the Shining, so I appreciate that. In Virtual Hug, I mean, I just... I've been too scarred I've too scarred with Prometheus. I just oh, I can't yeah. I can't risk it. I know I, I know I, I know Dr. Sleep is probably he, like really good, way better than Prometheus, but like It
0: to I me can't, I can't risk it. This is a this is a, a flawed analogy, but to me it's more akin to uh maybe Suspiria remake. Or, uh, but it's not a remake, so it's more akin yeah. to maybe Blade Runner twenty forty nine, uh, but even less direct of a. Se- uh, it's weird because it's a very direct sequel in some ways and not in other ways. It's hard to quantify. Like a standalone
4: sequel or something.
0: Yeah, kind of. Not really, but <laughs> anyway. it's like a
2: sequel to a movie that di- didn't actually happen. Yeah, like like there's That's a, like a shining Hill. there's a shining movie that occurred prior to this one hmm. but it's not the one that you saw yeah. It's it's like <laughs> the same you know general idea but it's like you know like this is the prequel to a non-existent film essentially and it's equal to a, uh, yeah.
0: yeah and it incorporates the book in some interesting ways uh which i thought was fun too uh yeah i don't know uh it just adds it, it it's like it feels like a cool sequel because it expands upon the world of the shine it it feels like a superhero movie because it's like you're learning more about like the shining, like powers, you know, like it's like it's got like magic powers. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's cool. Sick.
1: Uh the hero is cool too. The new girl. Yeah, she's awesome. kind of takes the mantle from Danny. She is great. I don't think I've seen her in anything before. I wish I knew her name. Amazing actor. That kid's gonna go places. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. She did a great, great job. And uh, the, the yeah, like you said, the villain is just such a blast. Like they're so cool. Uh, That's fun. Anyway, anything else, uh, Matthew? That you?
1: I saw. I saw baby teeth. I I see baby that. teeth? I heard
4: I heard about it. I can't. I can't go there.
1: Yeah, it's it's an intense movie. Um, I would actually not recommend it if you yeah. don't want to be sad and bummed out yeah. but uh the acting was good it has the mom from Duke in it it has the like the i can't remember her the daughter from sharp objects yeah the young one who you're like oh wow um and then there's also the guy from animal kingdom um he's like a character actor from australia he's in like a billion things you'd recognize him if you saw him he's got a mustache all of them like turn in their best performances um Got a little teared up, though, so beware. User advisory. It's a a sad movie. It's like if The Fault in Our Stars was uh, an indie drama with cooler actors. Kind of. That's the vibe of it.
3: Harsh. It was really sad.
1: I liked it. It was good. (laughs) You maniac. Uh,
0: (laughs) I saw, for the first time ever, even though I'd heard about it, good things, I saw The Witches of Eastwick for the first time. And my God, that movie rules. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Oh, my God, dude. Speaking of Jack Nicholson. Wow. Jack Nicholson, Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Susan Sarandon. Just having a blast in this. What a zany- cast. Directed by George Miller. Maniac. Zany, bizarre-ass movie.
1: Uh, ha- have either of you seen it? Tokyo or Matthew I've always wanted to. It was one of those I wasn't allowed to watch when I was younger. And I was like, when I'm grown up, I'm going to watch that Matthew, movie. I still the, haven't seen it. Though. You
0: will love this movie. I shit you not. It's I believe on, it. The we rented it cool. on Amazon. It's so bizarre. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it. And, I would, and like, I get this movie confused with like three other movies. Yeah. Um, But like, I'm pretty sure I saw it when it came out. Maybe not theatrically, but maybe on VHS way back in the day. Yeah. Um,
0: it, it's not the witches, and it's not the Disney right. one that I think exists, but maybe I'd invented in my mind. I have a shot of, like, trees from afar, and there's, like, a scary witch in the trees, and I remember thinking that was a Disney thing, but I can't remember what I'm thinking of. So I don't know what that is.
1: Maybe that was just an actual real witch you saw on a tree. And I mean, I did grow up. The memory.
0: Basically, where I grew up looked like looks like the movie The Witch. So, uh, return to possible. Witch Mountain, <laughs> uh, which I haven't <laughs>
1: seen. I don't know. I haven't seen. I think a friend of mine's in that movie. Is that like a Disney witch movie, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not really a witch movie. They're they're just going to a mountain called Witch Mountain, and they're psychics. So, like, the people think they're witches, but they're not. Spoiler alert. For return to Witch Mountain.
1: Welcome back to Witch Cat.
0: <laughs> Witch <chat. laughs> Um but yeah, Witches of Eastwick is a hoot. Watch it. Uh not related to the shining humor, so you could you can watch it. Jack Nicholson's Safe. in it, but it's not related. He's nice. just an actor, you know. <laughs> um and then I also started Nirvana the Band the Show. Uh of which I've seen many clips, but have never seen the show, and so I had to buy the season on Amazon <laughs> to watch it, because there's nowhere else to watch that, which will be a theme that'll come up again in this episode. There's one movie that several people recommended that I could not find at all, uh, legitimately. Uh, we'll get into that. But yeah, that show's weird and funny. Anyway, are you guys ready to talk f- about samurai movies? This is an yes. oft-requested oft theme for, uh, for reaction shots. And so here we are. Hopefully we only partially failed your
3: expectations. <laughs>
0: um, but I, I, I started out, you know, I asked a few questions of our patrons, so I'll pipe in with a lot of comments from them. Uh, some of them are kind of long, but they're all really good. So. Uh, but I just started out with favorite samurai films. I'll toss to you guys first. What are what are some of your favorite? If you had to pick one favorite each, Seven Samurai.
4: Okay. (laughs) Matthew, hit him him with that buzzer fast. Yeah. (laughs) Best ever. Best one of the best movies ever. Uh, I I watched it for the
0: first time last night.
4: (laughs) So awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen it since college, so it was it was awesome to have an excuse to settle into the three and a half hour epic and yes it's just it's just the best i just love it uh everything about it i love that like right from the get-go man we are just invested in these people in this village and then of course all the samurai you meet along the way like even the ones that don't have that much dialogue compared to the others like it's they're just real characters like This movie has real freaking characters. And I was just, you know, this is kind of a theme with a lot of these older movies is like not a lot of music, right. In older movies compared to now, like movies now, right. They just have like 80% music all the time. And it's just like so many of these moments where it's just like in a room with people talking, pure silence, except for them talking. And you've just really got to settle in and and let these characters develop. And I just love that.
0: What I loved about it was, uh, and that is also a common thread in a lot of uh, the samurai movies, but, uh, you know, obviously it's just a trope of, or not even a trope, but it's in movies. But, like, I was often surprised by how kind (laughs) uh, these professional warriors are, you know? Like Like, in Seven Samurai, like, so many of these main guys are just like you know they're gruff but they're like really good dudes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: which
0: i really like and like there that happens in uh you know Jimbo and 13 assassins and stuff is like you you know the the warmth bubbles up of these people and like 7 samurai just man you just you just really come to care about these these samurai because <laughs> like the setup for the the situation is just so good that uh these farmers just need help, and they ha- can't pay. And so, like this older guy's just like, "All right, like this might be the one that kills me, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you because it's the right thing to do." And it's just like, "Damn!"
4: The younger one who, like, they're, when they're out of rice, the younger one just like tosses them some coins. Right.
0: It's so <laughs> just, good. Like,
4: little, little moments like that, or like even the one, the one samurai. like, "Hide like,
0: those coins, you idiots! They're coming
4: <laughs> <yeah>. back." <laughs> or the one samurai, he's like. He's uh they're they're trying to recruit the samurai and one of them is like yeah well I feel bad for the farmers and stuff but I'm just more intrigued with you so yeah. I'm going to follow you. It's like, <laughs> yeah,
0: your character is like to me. Yeah,
4: so and everyone just has their vibe. They're so endearing.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. It's so good. we'll talk about it a lot I'm sure throughout this episode.
4: <laughs> one of the
2: really cool things about Seven Samurai is that um it's one of the, I think it's one of the most universal stories. It, obviously, it's it's been remade in the West as other, you know, as Western Love as,
4: Magnificent Seven. Um, as as like, other
2: stories, it, it shows up in like Star Wars related stuff like Mandalorian. It shows up yeah. everywhere. Um, it's such a great just thematic story that it, it it transcends like the language barrier and the black and white thing. Because uh, a lot of people don't like black and white movies. This this movie, I, I even if you don't like black and white movies, I urge you to give it a shot. Um, it's it's not the most beautiful movie there ever was filmed in black and white, but it it does the job, and the story is so engaging and relatable uh, in in ways that have been recognized, you know, obviously over the past like you know decades or whatever um, throughout cinema. So it's definitely worth checking out uh just for the historical perspective alone and seeing like where you know the whole like you know band of misfits assemble tropes kind of just started you yeah. know like
4: yeah it's like, like the Mass, original Mass Effect Avengers 2, assemble. Like, yeah
2: yeah getting well, the, the the band together and and going out to fight uh you know an uns- uh, you know like an unbeatable foe is like that's the that's kind of like the cinematic genesis of a lot of those different tropes
0: and so uh, sick. it's got uh, Mifune, right? As mm-hmm, the yeah. main, or not main guy, but like the the zany guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, an interesting fact that I, I learned about this movie was that when Kurosawa was writing it uh, or researching it, because it's based, I guess, on a true tale that like these six samurai protected this village. And uh, Kurosawa said, uh, <laughs> he was like partway through Uh, He changed who Mifune was going to play because he was like, "Eh, six sober samurai is boring. We're going to invent this like crazy guy (laughs) to like spice it up and make it seven. Um, It's the
1: wackiest I've seen Mifune. Mifune is one of those people who just transforms into a different human being every movie he's in. And um you know he never goes to like, here's my stock samurai archetype. I'm just gonna play this <laughs> gruff dude. Like he's like Jim Carrey kinda wacky in Seven Samurai. He's yeah. like a total oddball. In other movies, he'll play like a uh, Mad Tyrant or like in Yojimbo, he'll play kind of like this gruff outsider like uh Spike and Cowboy Bebop or something. Yeah, yeah. Like um so, but this one is him at his wackiest that I've seen. Uh, it, it's kind of funny to go on and see other Mifune movies and realize that guy can do a whole lot of
4: different people. Well, in Ra- Rashomon, he just like laughs the entire time. Just like ah. <laughs> it's, like, it's well, this one he's person. like this one he's like yeah. making like animal
0: sounds all the time. He's like <laughs> he's like, <laughs> just like running around and like ah, mm. ah, all the time. He's, it's awesome. Well, what's cool about this movie too is I didn't expect it to be four by three, because uh, it was the '50s, so that's like late for that. Um, and then also, uh, it's three and a half hours long, but does not feel three and a half hours long. No, like it flies. When intermission hit, and I realized I was already like more than halfway, I was like, "Oh wow, this is <laughs> you know this is trucking." You know, I've watched some eighty-minute movies that felt like three and a half hours. Totally. <laughs> Totally.
4: Uh, uh, I want to say there's oh. maximum, like the culmination of ranged filth oh, in this yeah. movie. Oh yeah. Just every time somebody goes down by a musket or a bow and arrow, I'm disgusted.
0: Sometimes <laughs> the bow and arrow kills are good.
4: Yeah. So, like Sometimes
0: the good guys don't. do, but yeah, the musket, so oh, rare. that's what I liked about the, oh. the whole planning. I mean, there's a lot of 13 assassins. Well, there's a lot of this in Thirteen Assassins, obviously, but like, uh, they do a lot of like planning. And what something I love in this, a theme that they go back to, is crossing off the number of people they've killed. You know, but I also loved how them like transferring knowledge to each other about like, okay, they have three muskets, like watch out for that. Okay, we got one of the muskets, like mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's just it's so cool. Uh, Matthew, what's yes. your
1: favorite? Um my favorite is a movie called Lady Snowblood, starring uh, one of my favorite actors, Mako Kaji. Um it, has anybody seen Lady Snowblood? Yes, it was on
4: my list I didn't Okay, I'm gonna to do a time.
1: I'm gonna do a hard sell on it. So basically, if you want an entry point to this movie, um Kill Bill drives a lot of it gets a lot of its inspiration from Lady Snowblood. Um Lucy Liu's character in Kill Bill is kind of inspired by Mako Kaji who is one of just like the most badass Japanese actors from the sixties and seventies. She plays a lot of like, um, revenging killers and lady snowblood. She's trying to get vengeance for her mother. Um, so she's sent on this revenge quest to check off a list of dudes on her assassination mission, very much like Kill Bill. There's some amazingly beautiful, uh, sword fights in the snow a lot like the ending of Kill Bill, When Anybody. I find a lot of Samurai movies are more dramas than action movies. When I first started watching Samurai movies, I was expecting them to be like nonstop action, sort of like a Kung Fu movie, like a Shaw Brothers thing. And a lot of Samurai movies are kind of sedate period dramas and maybe you get one or two sword fights in there. Um, Lady Snowblood is if you're looking for action <laughs> Samurai movie. If someone gets sliced with a sword in Lady Snowblood, there's gonna be like geysers of blood spitting out it's very artistic it does these things where um, a character will come on screen and it'll freeze frame and it'll put their little name next to it and you're like Uh. oh that's where Tarantino's grabbing some of this it just has a very forward style from being a movie from the early 70s because I love Mako Kaji so much um, so I don't bore your uh, viewers the tears maybe check in with me every 15 minutes and I'll have more to say about Mako Kaji but I don't want (laughs) to dominate the floor here
3: Please, talk as long as you want.
1: Google a picture of Meiko Kaji and you'll see her with this stare of death that looks like, oh man, I do not want to cross her. She has the most intense stare of any actor I've ever seen. Um, Apparently it's because she needed uh, glasses and she was just short-sighted, but it actually gives her uh, characters a lot of intensity. So Meiko Kaji is my favorite samurai actor. She's in a couple of samurai movies, which I'll go on to recommend later in the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I resigned my time. She's awesome. <laughs> so when Wait, she is does it, it... One
2: influences? thing I... Oh, ahead. What? One thing I really like about Lady Snowblood 2 is that it's not... Again, I, I like movies that surprise me that, that don't do the expected thing next. And, you know, you think like a movie of revenge and, like, checking people off a list and, you know, like... Especially, like, even Kill Bill... They, they more or less kind of go as planned, like the people who you were trying to kill die, that kind of thing. Lady Snowblood doesn't necessarily do that the entire movie. There are some unexpected twists that, like, you know, kind of frustrate you and, or, and her, you know, along the way that, that make it a little more like it's it's a little more than just like direct gratification of, of revenge. And the, the, the story of revenge that she's on ends up being a much more complete and fulfilling arc because of kind of the frustrations uh, and and lack of closure along the way. So when she does finally get closure, it's not necessarily like the closure she started it out seeking, but it, it, it like became the closure she needed at the end of the movie. That's okay. a really
1: good observation on the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. Can't recommend it highly enough, especially if you want to see some blood and some action. I know that sounds very base, but like <laughs> I watch a lot of like classic- Nothing base dates.
4: about blood and guts. I
1: watch a lot of classic dramas that are black and white and slow. So if you mix it up, you got to mix it up with the Lady Snowbloods every now and then. It, uh... um, and the song that's at the end of Kill Bill is her song. Mako Kaji is singing that. It's from Lady Snowblood. Oh. But Quentin put it on the soundtrack for the end of Kill Bill. That's
0: cool. Who, um... ugh. I'm blanking on, on, on his name right now. Who directed the the Revenge Trilogy, the old boy, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance? Uh is Park, Chan-wook?
1: Park yeah, Chan-wook?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I wonder how influenced by by this he was. It sounds like it has some...
3: some. Yeah, probably
1: Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. I was watching yeah. uh, Lady Snowblood with my wife, and she brought that up, too. She was like, oh, this reminds me of Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. So, yeah. Sword of Doom has
4: like a straight-up old boy scene. I was like, oh old boy and sort of doom is like 60 something 50 something yeah something.
1: how is that i wanted to see that that's hideo gosha right yeah it's it's it.
4: you were talking about lady snowblood and it sounds very similar it, you, we just follow like a sadistic samurai like he's the he's the main character and he's like a bad dude and he does some pretty horrible things uh shit I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> don't but spoil like, it. Yeah, because like I will say, there's only one of these movies, but there were maybe supposed to be more. Oh. Wow. So, yeah, like it's impossible. It's kind of impossible to talk about that movie without talking about the ending. Um,
2: sort of Doom Two, with like- sort
4: of Doom. though. it's pretty. It's really cool. There's. It's similar. Like fights in the snow. Mafune is like the old veteran teacher, and like his pupil is like looking for revenge on the main character and stuff. Just a really cool revenge movie. There's like a lot of subplots going on. It's it's a pretty wild movie. Again, I can't really ex- explain it all without talking about the ending because it's just it's a weird one. It's a really weird one. Just know <laughs> that going in. Sort of doom awesome. is weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tokyo Slim, what's your favorite?
2: I mean, uh, Seven Samurai is probably my favorite, but since that was already talked about, you I'm going to talk, yeah, talk about
0: yeah. Sorry,
3: I'm um, going to talk about
2: Lone Wolf and Cub oh. series. There's yeah. six movies. My favorite of them is the third movie, and it's kind of the slowest of the three, uh, as far as like you know sword fights and decapitations and stuff goes. It's another. It's the same guy wrote the manga for Lone Wolf and Cub as did Lady Snowblood, mm-hmm. so it's similar tone. Um Lone Wolf and Cub is about a the um shogun's assassin is is betrayed and they like get him kind of like kicked out of this court and murder his wife and um he goes on this kind of long train of vengeance that he calls the demon road to hell and it's him and his kind of infant son in this baby cart um which is tricked out with, you know... Hidden, razor blades,
3: yeah. <laughs> hidden
2: blades and, you know, uh, like they're, the front of it is just all made of guns. Um, and the series gets, like, progressively weirder and weirder by the time you hit, like, the sixth movie. Did we the same
4: with... writer write all of them, Tarkissom?
2: I'm sorry, what was that?
4: Did the writer write all six of them? Was it the one dude I who wrote all of them? I
2: believe the manga series that this is all based off of was all written by the same guy i think as a series um i've seen the manga collection i have not looked at it really um my my local library has got one for (laughs) some reason i might check it out someday um local libraries are great um but yeah it's essentially like and the thing is is a lot of these a lot of movies like like uh, matthew was saying there are a lot of there's a lot of drama and like kind of dialogue and tone setting this is all done, almost all of it, through cinematography. Um, there's not a lot of dialogue in any of these movies. It, it, there's, like, expository dialogue every once in a while, but most of it is kind of, like, bonds. It's just him bonding with his son. Um, it's, I, I see Huber, nodding, I got you. I got you <laughs> um, um, it's the, him bonding with his son in this weird kind of, like, it's it really, it's like an unhealthy kind of demented way. Like he, if you've listened to, you know, like Wu-Tang Clan albums, like they, they sampled the hell out of this. It's like, you know, choose the ball and uh, and, and join your mother in death or choose your, choose the sword and, and come with me, live on the demon road in hell. Like he gives his like toddler this choice and like the, the kids like has no idea what's going on. And, you know, obviously chooses the sword and it's like, all right, well, this is it. You made your choice. <laughs> you're coming with me. You're helping me kill all these people. Um, and he does. And he like kind of grows up like throughout the series a little bit and becomes like, you know, like I think the third movie, I, one of the reasons why I love the third movie, I think it was his first, like the son's first words during the series. Cause he's like learning to talk. And it was like, Oh, he can talk now. And it was like watching this kid grow up in this like really like messed up situation. Um, but I'm like I'm all over the place on this. There's six movies I really like, especially the first three are worth really worth watching. The sixth one it gets kind of like mystical and out there. But there's there's just like such great cinematography and cam work. Uh, you see like uh, a sword fight where one of the you know one of the combatants is beheaded. And his head rolls off his shoulders, and you see from the head's perspective mm-hmm. what that looks uh, like. <laughs> um, it's like the
1: bowling ball, Kunderkiewicz. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's there's the like the huge blood sprays, and there's you know the inventive gadgets and stuff. It's kind of like you know, like not Bond esque, but it, there's there's some like you know there's some goofy stuff that happens in there. Um It is you know, again probably R rated. I think it's R rated. There's some nudity in it, and uh, you know that kind of, obviously lots of lots of violence. Um, but it's really beautifully shot, and like just the cinematography on it was something that really stood out to me when I was watching it again.
1: Tokyo Slim, I have I have a question for you. Uh, since you've seen all these movies, wh- what's your take on *Shogun Assassin*? Because Andy Warhol produced a like mixtape version of right. Blue and *Wolf and Cub*. He cut up the first two movies, added a synthesizer soundtrack, and dubbed it in English and then released it in America. And I know most people people don't like it, but I'm actually quite fond of of it. I really enjoy it. Um, It's a different experience. It's not as serious as as the movie. What do you think about it?
2: I would like to say also that it is uh, part of the Criterion box set, so you can also watch it that way. Um, I think Shogun Assassin is a great entry point. It's where I started to watch it. Because I I couldn't get a hold of the original series, you know, like Suncoast Video didn't have it. Show they had Shogun Assassin, you know, back in back in the old DVD Suncoast Video. Yeah, pay pay forty five dollars for a DVD days. <laughs> um, My youth, I yeah, and, so and really- honestly, I, I I think that's where most people in the U.S. who are really influenced. By Lone Wolf and Cub, I think that's where they started. I know Quentin Tarantino; it's in Kill Bill Part Two. Uh, Like I said, I I I believe that's what uh, Rizzo was sampling with Shogun Assassin. uh, On uh, it's in Liquid Swords, as Liquid Swords. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like that's a great place to start, and it's it's not the same experience. It's not as as like you don't get the whole arc; you just get like a taste of it. But it's. It's cut down to where it's like more of an action movie, I guess. Um, the story doesn't; it's not really that important. Like the just the beats of it are are are, are kept, you know. And then, you know, you just kind of get character stuff. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I don't think I wouldn't say like not to watch it if you're if you're interested at all in Lone Wolf and Cub. It's an easy, accessible place to start. Uh, first of all, it's it, the soundtrack is great. the The English dub's not, you know, it's a it's a uh, '70s or '80s English dub. You're you're getting <laughs> wacky, you know, weird translations on stuff. Don't let that stop you because it's it's all amusing and fun. And um, I think if you're interested at all in 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 getting into the series, that's a great place to start. And then when you w- go back and watch the first two movies, you'll be like oh, this is where they pulled that from, or this is why this scene is important, or this is, you know, not necessarily the same scene at all. Sometimes, like, the translation is massively different. So, Yeah, it's, know, a little, it's, it's not
1: quite as heavy, because sometimes yeah. uh, Lone Wolf and Cub can be quite a downer. There's some serious storylines where, like, oh, they are just down in it. when he, They're not joking about a road to hell. So I feel I, like Shogun Assassin's like, oh, you can invite your friend over and watch Shogun Assassin and not feel <laughs> weird about it. <laughs>
2: I think like, to me, Shogun Assassin is like the, the seventies exploitation cut of like a much longer thing. Like they kind of like made it seem kind of like, you know uh, you know, like a shaft or, you know, that kind of like, they cut it that way. Um, And it's, you know, it doesn't suffer from it because it's it's such a great story and you still kind of get the gist of it. And it, it just kind of whets your appetite for more as far as I'm concerned. Well,
0: so. and like as an art project, I sort of love that idea of just like cutting up and remixing, you know, especially if it's like a series. Like I feel like you could do that with like The Thin Man or something where there's like eight movies. You could just like mix and match them, like put them yeah. all into some weird totally. thing and and just like throw synths on them, of course, because you have to. Uh, I, I like love Tokyo saying.
4: To good gateway. Yeah. You know, if you don't have time to watch... 14 hours of movies like just watch two and then you'll know if you're i wonder
0: if they're on criterion channel that's how i watched most of these kurosawa ones uh yes it is sweet
2: uh oh i want to point out that all six movies are an hour and a half or less nice (laughs) so
0: doable
1: yeah so
2: if you're like i don't want to watch six full movies like they're all 90 minutes basically
1: (laughs) it's like three full movies it's like a season of stranger things, mm-hmm. yeah, do it. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it <laughs> uh,
0: my favorite samurai movie pretty pretty obviously thirteen assassins <laughs> I love that damn cool. movie, god, cool. uh, but
2: never heard of it
0: yeah, what Just uh but I mean, like obviously there are so many greats, and thirteen assassins rests on the shoulders, sometimes very directly of uh of other samurai movies i mean the guy let me see if i could like this dude sitting on the ground below me the like kind of crazy guy in uh 13 assassins very much a mifune uh archetype out of seven samurai you know just like i think he's actually even like following them for a while through the forest before they like let him on the team it's like directly from seven samurai you know uh
1: anyway uh I asked, what is it that you uh, like so much about that, Ian? Because I've heard you bring it up a lot. And I like it too, but you seem particularly drawn to it. So I'm curious, like, what got you so attached to 13 Assassins? 13 Assassins? Um,
0: I love that it... There's something, like, uncompromising about it. Like, I sort of respect that it's almost like a two-act film. Like, it it's like a heist movie. It's like the setup and then just the payoff. And it... Uh, I think it's just ex- expertly done. And, I mean, I really like Takashi Mike stuff. I think it's his most, uh, I don't know, like, grounded movie that I've seen. I mean, he's got, like, 100-plus films. and I've only So I've, I've only seen, like, 4% of his movies. But, like, compared to Ichi the Killer or Audition or something, uh, this one feels more, like,
4: mature, maybe? It's, it's his best. I've seen I, yeah. 20, which is only... 20%? 20% of his movies. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's it's I think it's easily his best movie. I mean it's like so
0: legit. Ichi the killer I mean is Ichi the killer. Is amazing. It's it's yeah. it's its own thing and like audition is incredible but like and even that weird uh, three horror films that he did with whoever else that that was really fun too but like there's just something about 13 assassins that uh just the pacing of it the way it's shot it's just gorgeous movie um and, and the story, just the, the very basic setup of it, I really, really love. It's such a cool idea because, like, honor is such an integral part of a lot of this, like, you know, the Bushido, like, way of the samurai stuff uh, where, like, you're honor-bound to do stuff. And, like, the characters that we love, like I was talking about before in, in a lot of these samurai movies, uh, do things because they feel honor-bound to help the downtrodden or they're sticking to their code or whatever. And I something about that really appeals to me. So that the setup for this movie that this shogunate or whatever, this Lord, is so bad that even his guys like are like, yo, <laughs> we gotta do something about this. We gotta take him out. We can't, because we're honor bound. Uh, but hey, what if Assassin Dude, like I love how they're basically just like, hey, he's gonna like maybe be in this village. On this day, you know, we're not saying anything, you know. It's just a fun setup for a, for a thing. And then, you know, just like a massive 45-minute battle sequence. I mean, again, very Seven Samurai, but like uh, a limitation that this doesn't have is that it can show everything. Uh, and so there's not any confusion as to like, why did that guy just die? Like, uh, there's one character I really, really liked in Seven Samurai who dies at a point and I actually yeah. rewound it because I was like, what happened
4: to him? <laughs> I'm like, who feel, got him? I, what happened? I feel like at that party, and you hear a gunshot. I think it's a gunshot. Really yeah. You hear unclear. a gunshot. It's but it, like, so it, unclear.
0: The gunshot happens when he lands. So it's like mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. So, but it's just like a limitation of it being 1954 or whatever. Um, whereas this, it's just like, you know very well why people <laughs> have died. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah it's just they plan it and execute it very well I don't know that scratches something in my brain. Uh, I
4: recently I just uh, for this I've watched Blade of the Immortal. Yeah dude. And I had I like that one. I, I didn't liked even it too. know I didn't even know in it, it was Takashi Miike. I was like Whoa, oh shit. my god look at this a two double feature. <laughs> Blade yes. of the Immortal in 13 dude, dude yeah. Dude what a movie. The the lead is the lead in Judgment which is the Yakuza spin-off game. so i was like i was like so into that from the get-go and then of course just anime vibes dude just like this gang of of enemies that he fights is like reminds me of the akatsuki you always hear me say akatsuki ian
3: yeah because it's it's if i'm not uh, mistaken
2: didn't didn't miike direct a live action yakuza he did he did movie too which yeah you know but like yeah (laughs) And he did well budget.
4: People keep telling me to watch his JoJo live action movie. He did as well. He what now? <laughs> he did a JoJo live action.
0: movie. I mean, I guess the dude makes like six yeah. movies a year. Like, I know. he
2: really has. Like, he's not going to yeah. slow down until he just kills. I, I love it. I
4: love it, dude. Like, I love it. Blade of it's the like, Immortal was really cool. Like, professional because sometimes with big battles, it's hard to pull off. It's hard to have stakes when people are dying every second, it just like stops meaning anything. And it's yeah. also really hard to, to like frame. And he does it really well where he'll like, focus on the lead, cutting people down out of frame. Uh, and I just think that works really well, especially in this movie. Cause then like, you know, he'll like be cutting a bunch of people down and then they'll, then they'll show, like a really good kill, like he'll get someone and they'll like fly off the banister and fall somewhere. Uh, so I think just it's it's really well done. Like the large amount of people getting cut down, uh, it never feels like all right, this is stupid.
0: Well, and something like, I I appreciated about Blade of, of the Immortal, I, I saw it in theaters when it came out, so it's been a while. But like uh, the way that your battle strategy changes when you can't die, like yeah. he's just doing bat shit stuff (laughs) (laughs) because he can't get killed so he's just like whatever Uh," cut my arm off screw it yeah he just like sacrifices body parts he's just like whatever Um, especially when he fights people better than him right well that's that's what i like about blade of the Immortals. he's not that good
4: (laughs) yeah he fights like really professional samurai people that are just better than him and it's like well i'm just gonna take some hits and get in there uh there's also a line that Pissed me off and made me such a fan of the villain because the villain's grandpa got like outed from the samurai school, uh and uh, he got outed by the the um by like the leader of the dojo, and the dojo is like, you're not like you shouldn't have used that weapon, barbarian or uh, axes are for barbarians. there's like <laughs> talking shit on axes because the lead has like this giant thick like samurai looking axe so i was like this guy's best <laughs> <laughs> the costumes in that movie are so
1: colorful like it's it's a yeah. very visually entertaining movie to watch because even though there's a lot of blood there's also a lot of blue and purple and orange, yeah. and yellow it, it feels very cartoony totally.
0: also like oh, what are you gonna say
2: oh that's okay. something I, I really like about uh samurai movies in general especially color ones is that they're all like a lot of them are really like elaborately colorful uh saturated colors. And yeah. I think that reflects the time period too because a lot of people like it, when you think of like olden time stuff, you're like, oh well, everything was brown or gray or black and white. you like get this mental image. A lot of the fabrics and dyes and stuff yeah. that, that Japan was using historically at that point in time were like super bright. Everybody had, like, a pattern or, you know, mixing matching patterns or, you know, whatever that, like, everything was really, like, uh, aesthetically interesting back then.
0: Yeah. That's something about his history that gets In forgotten. That I watched a, I watched a video about how, you know, we think, like, ancient Greek was all just white marble. Cause, but that's, like, not true. It's, like, that was weird later, like, myth that took off.
1: Mm. Anyway, Matthew, you were going to say something? What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to ask if... Any of you have also seen Takashi Miike's remake of Harakiri. Uh, it's uh, his, another samurai movie he made right around the same time frame as 13 Assassins and Blade of the Immortal. Not? I I saw it for research for this episode and it, it, it ended up being my favorite Miike movie. Oh, wow. It is, Sick. It is the saddest, most restrained, <laughs> most human movie. You almost feel like um, it could be a part of the Oprah book club, but it's got oh, the shit. nice hard edge of Mike kind of snuck in there nice. along with some like touchy feely, like sad, uh, atmospheric movie. So like, um, it starts with like a 10 minute scene of a samurai cutting his own belly and it lasts for 10 minutes because wow. he doesn't have a very good sword. He's doing it with like a bamboo sword and it's excruciating to watch because this guy just is going on. Like it's like uh, the runtime is literally like minutes and minutes and minutes. Um, 13 assassin starts with that too Uh, (laughs) uh, so it opens with that but then it kind of yeah it kind of does a reverse almost like irreversible where it tells you the rest of the story that led up to that moment and the guy's life and his father-in-law and his wife and it's like a very touching beautiful story and it ends up having a very very powerful anti-violence message that really critiques Masculinity, and I was like, Whoa, I did not think you were capable of this, Mike. I love Mike, but yeah. that was a different direction than i had ever seen him go before. That's so what I that's highly recommend the, it.
0: That's one of the things I just love about Takashi Mike is like he surprises me all the time. <laughs> like every time I go, because I saw 13 Assassins and Blade of the Immortal in theaters, and they were very similar but so different. And th- there is a through line though in both of those and in a lot of these samurai movies is that they're all like surprisingly funny like they've got a lot of humor a lot of the time he does which, have a sense of humor which i really really appreciate like mike a lot but kurosawa yeah. as well like yo jimbo is funny
4: it's yeah like a it really comedy
0: is. and seven samurai has a lot of comedy in it too hidden fortress is
4: hilarious like the c3po r2d2 characters <laughs> that's completely so, them that's completely yeah, yeah. Them, yeah. <laughs> so funny those guys oh my goodness
0: i love it and like there's something, there's something I've noticed in watching uh, movies in Kurosawa stuff. It's a lot of the same actors, even. Like, I'm pretty sure the... Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I thought one of the Seven Samurai guys was the, like, brother-in-law from Yojimbo, but maybe I'm wrong. No, uh, you're probably right. He uses yeah, so many yeah, of the same guys. he uses the same guys a lot. But uh, what I like about it that's kind of funny is, like, he uses kind of the caricature things and, like, your stereotype of this This archetype to like immediately make you think like, "Oh, this is this kind of character he's the funny one or he's the like you know they 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 all seem to have like a kind of rotund like jolly guy, but then like he breaks it down a little more and you like learn more about the humanity of this person, which is nice
4: um that's what uh sort of doom kind of did also matt is uh just like a commentary on violence and like what this sword represents and like what it means to like cut people down and it like takes takes its toll yeah like it 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 takes a lot for him to like realize that and it's like does he realize that i it's like you make up your own mind that's one of the major
1: themes that i think have has emerged for me in watching a bunch of samurai movies is how much of them our critiques of samurais and samurai culture i think even more so than american westerns it took a while before american westerns got to the level of the searchers has its problems but it's Mm -hmm. the searcher starts to examine some of the like problems with the archetype of a cowboy but i feel like most of the samurai movies i've seen from the beginning are already doing like a rigorous process of examination of what was this culture all we've built it up to be Um, there are a lot of great essays by like japanese people who have written about the history and meaning of samurai cinema that kind of like tie that together better than i do but almost every single movie i've seen is some some kind of critique of the culture well you're so right
0: imagine
4: being good
0: well i was gonna say you're so right because like even some of these earlier samurai movies that i saw had that already in it like hell seven samurai like mifune's character like screams at them for like the cycle of violence, like, you're the ones who are making farmers have to, like, steal and rob because you guys steal their land during wars and stuff like that. It's, like, a really harsh critique, whereas, like, and I mean, I don't know, not to make sweeping statements about American culture or something, but it's, like, America definitely had its classical Western period before doing, like, revisionist Western stuff. Like, Searchers is an early example of that. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it it took us a while to, like, examine that pathos but, uh, you know
1: <laughs> we still got a, a bit to go i think well yeah an examination way. due for us. yeah
0: yeah we need it we, need, we haven't gotten to our like hey <laughs> why, <laughs> why are we doing but that's like what's so funny about samurai movies is like so many of them end with uh or have a scene within them where a samurai or an older person uh definitely just like stands there and is like oh man was this worth it like <laughs> or like my entire <laughs> so life true. was my entire life worth it like what is the <laughs> point of any of this what were you gonna say huber
3: before
4: just that oh like if you are japanese watching a samurai movie it's probably different because samurais were a part of japan for like how many years like 800 years or whatever like they was such a big part of their history I'm sure it's like kind of similar, like us watching westerns. We just have like more of a context for it. Yeah, so,
2: that's this... an excellent point, and I wrote down several pages of notes regarding this, and I'm not going to read all of them. But <laughs> do, it. To... Do, do it, I dare you. Do it, <laughs> go. <laughs> just wanted to bring up that uh, like a lot of a lot of first of all, samurai movies really kind of became a thing post-war. Yeah. Uh, so we're already talking about having probably a couple of decades of cowboy or Western type movies out there. Samurai movies were kind of a response to that. Um, and, you know, basically you start seeing them in the late forties and early fifties um, as kind of a examination of, of Japan post-war um, and kind of both like a kind of a callback to tradition and what, what uh, I think, Man, I wish I could remember the Japanese word for this, Uh, but kind of like the spirit of the Japanese people, um, what it's supposed to represent. Um, A lot of that is kind of like duty and honor and that kind of stuff. And uh, most of it is fictionalized, kind of like, you know, most Westerns are fictionalized. You know, there's, you know, not, you know, like seven samurai may be based on an actual thing but like the, the actual drama part of it is is very clearly like kind of trying to teach you a lesson and it's like an you know an allegory of of kind of the values of that uh they wanted to represent um historical accuracy in samurai fiction is not great uh, and, you know, that's that's something that's just kind of going to have to deal with. They're, they're stories, they're kind of fables that they're told with particular archetypes, just like just like Western is. And you get Westerns and, and Samurai movies that kind of either directly just copy each other with, you know, like Seven Samurai and, and Magnificent Seven, or I don't know if Huber knows this or not, but they, they just recently, not recently, but like in 2013, remade Unforgiven. As uh, a yeah. samurai movie in Japan yep, with Ken Watanabe. yeah, yeah, and works just fine. Like it's just it's the same, it's the same you know kind of like archetypical stories. Um, but yeah, like historically, accuracy is not important. It's morally, you know, like a moral tale and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, like the the era of of Japan's history in which samurai existed was very long. Uh, 850, 900 years of time period uh, that, you know, kind of samurai evolved throughout, uh, starting out you know, earlier on uh, kind of Ghost of Tsushima type of, like, time period um, all the way up to basically last samurai time period, essentially where, where like, modernization kind of, uh, you know, rolled its wheels over like the entire idea of of being a samurai and just kind of crushed it into the ground. A lot of people like like has been noted, a lot of times the samurai weren't the good guys. You know, a lot of times they were the ones who were they were above everybody else and had uh, you know, like entitlement issues and were just walking around thinking they were hot shit. Cause essentially they were the top of the the food chain when it came to regular people. As if you weren't royalty or uh you know like a high government official essentially like samurai were at the top of the top of the heap and they a lot of times they you know like historically they would push that issue um they would just stroll into a town and take whatever they wanted and then leave and then the people the farmers or who were there or whatever just kind of had to deal with it farmers weirdly enough were the second tier down from samurai um and then artists and then merchants were at the very bottom rung of society, which is hilarious to me. Huh. Uh, it's because they like charging money for goods and services was like, oh, that's, that's like a shitty thing to do to somebody. Like, why would you do that?
0: Here in the States, um, it's the other way around.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, that worked
0: out yeah, well for us though. It, yeah, it, it worked out th- okay. Well, kind.
2: Of. <laughs> Historically speaking, it's just, it's an interesting thing to see like, like what transfers back and forth between cultures and what doesn't necessarily. Um, you know? So yeah, I just wanted to well, briefly that, touch on like this entire history of samurai research that I did for just well, like, I,
0: a, I actually, cause hearing you say that actually brings into focus a lot of the things in seven samurai that I had a little bit of questions about too. Cause like, yeah, like, when they're trying to recruit the samurai to help their town, like, they're thrilled any time they get any interest whatsoever. And, like, they bring that one guy in, and he's like, "I my ambitions are bigger than this. Like, I'm not going to waste time with this, you know. Uh, but the thing that surprised me, that I don't know if it's accurate or inaccurate, and maybe you can elucidate me on this, but, like, seems like there were a lot of samurai, like, wandering around. And I wondered if that was a dramatization, or if that was kind of how... It was like they're just like lousy with
1: samurai all the time, like all over. When does Seven Samurai take place? Is that during the Edo period? I can't yeah, what the setting. I believe I f- so. They've got I, guns. Yeah, yeah.
4: So,
1: yeah, yeah. So that's probably late period. That's probably like mid eighteen hundreds, right? Yeah, I feel yeah. like the. It, I want to uh, say
4: eighteen
0: fifty.
4: And I feel like the premise was that like samurai are kind of done, so they're all just like ronin at that point. Yeah.
2: Another thing to note too is that that is going to change drastically depending on where you're at in the country um like you know the shogun is in in edo but each like daimyo or or like you know kind of a lord has his own domain and each domain is ranked depending on the amount of rice that they produce and send to the capital oh. so the stronger your rice production is kind of the more important you are and the more samurai you need to like maintain order because samurai are essentially bodyguards slash cops slash you know army basically they're they're just they're the only ones who are essentially tasked with you know protecting the lord's processions and and the trade routes that kind of stuff um, so and they work directly for each daimyo or each lord and then each lord reports to the shogun who is kind of the general of the entire country system um but yeah it's all based on rice production which is something that not a lot of people know i guess um which i guess explains why the farmers are
0: second rung to the samurai is because they're the ones making the
2: the yeah they're feeding everybody yeah yeah um and like a lot of a lot of um like smaller uh areas like a lot of small like japan's japan's uh, topography is mostly mountains and very few plains so anybody with access to a lot of plains or like irrigated wetlands could grow an s ton of rice and people who are in the mountains can't so usually you see like people live in the flatlands areas edo uh up in uh like the Miyagi or Akiita prefectures, a lot of times those are flat areas. But then, like stuff like you know Nagano prefecture, it's harder to grow rice there because you're up in the mountains. There's not a lot of arable land, and they're poor. So a lot of times when you see like like especially um, uh, uh, Chris, uh, the the seventh samurai and the uh, Mifune's character, he's he's kind of playing like a, a like a mountain spirit or like a kind of a trickster role, kind of the similar role in, in 13 assassins Um, essentially he's like representative of kind of poor or impoverished people or, or in like the chaos that they live in all the time Um, as a character, like personified. So
0: sweet. (laughs) Uh, This might be, a Record for how long we've gone without reading any patron comments. I'm not mad, I'm loving this. Uh, I'm gonna rattle off a few ro- right quick.
3: Uh, yeah, unless let's Matt, hear from the you- patrons okay, no, I was just gonna say, your
1: patrons are great. Oh, I've they're amazing! Friends with, so, with friends with so many of them online, you have the best community on the internet. <laughs> I'm I like
0: very them. lucky, yeah, yeah uh, very, very, cool very fortunate, uh, and they had a lot of cool things to say. Um, so uh, let's go through some of that real quick. So on the favorite samurai films uh, front, I'm going to truncate these a little bit. Uh, my apologies to, ever, to anyone who I truncate too far. But uh, Spencer from Canada says 13 Assassins is amazing. Phenomenal front to back. Jeremy, uh, I grew up watching spaghetti westerns with my dad. Once I, discovered, uh, once I discovered Kurosawa, I was in love. Some of my favorites are Harakiri and Samurai Rebellion by Masaki Kobayashi, and Rashomon Yojimbo and the Hidden Fortress by Kurosawa. Uh, Rashomon and Yojimbo both. So good. Uh, so good. My favorite scene in Yojimbo... Well, I loved a lot of Yojimbo, but I love how when the guy asks him what his name is, he just leans past him and looks out at the mulberry field, and then everyone else like looks at what he's looking at, and then he's just like... My name is 30-year-old Mulberry Field. Even though I'm 40, it's weird. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and then the next one is just called Sanjuro, which means like 30-year-old, I guess? It's so funny. Uh, that's Mufune again. But uh, Alexander Zirinov, uh, we kind of actually touched on this, uh, asked a question, and a uh, Slim, you said you had an answer to this. Uh, but uh, they wondered if uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 counts as a samurai movie
2: i said personally to me it doesn't just because um i think that the samurai parts of kill bill are more an homage to previous movies much like tarantino's kind of yeah want to do but the actual like theme of the actual story and movie itself is a modern day story um there are no more samurai you know even though they're like pretending to be samurai, you know, or an is very like, she's using this kind of propaganda to, to, to bolster her, her reputation and effectiveness as a Yakuza leader. She's a Yakuza samurai. So is my, my personally disagree. Okay.
4: <laughs> Here we go. I think it's a samurai movie. I think if, if people are practicing samurai traditions and use like if a samurai sword is in the movie, I mean, there's one in Pulp Fiction so maybe not but like she's <laughs> no, still using a samurai sword to practice like like she goes and she trains with what's his name and Sonny
1: Chiba Sonny Chiba fighter. Like, he's dude, so good in
4: that like that is a samurai movie it's got the, the vibe well then time. what Just about get, what about this because like, uh, like could you say would you say like Roshamon is a samurai movie like there's not really any samurai in it but it totally is like a samurai movie he's like because that one the one guy the one guy protecting his wife is a samurai and like hidden fortress too is just like you know I, i feel like we so many movies we've talked about are just about like the lone samurai or the group of ronin like i think there's more to it than that like hidden fortress i think is a good example because it's so it's like the, the samurai are just soldiers in that movie. We're not really following one, like, lone ronin. We're just following the group of, or, like, the antagonists are the armies that are samurai.
0: Well, riddle me this, Huber, speaking of ronin, what about ronin? Hell yeah. Because <laughs> <With,
4: laughs> it has from the same like,
0: 1990-whatever. Yeah. What's in the case, man?
4: Uh, Is there, like, wandering people with no masters so it has like the the samurai theme i mean obviously
0: very inspired well and then ghost dog way of the samurai he's adhering a jarmusch joint matthew walden and i our boy but uh uh ghost dog way of the samurai he's adhering to the bushido code or whatever the samurai code Yeah.
1: Uh, i'm very See? inclusive when it comes to genres i'm like you're, you're cyberpunk come on in i don't care if you're <laughs> <Yeah>. your- <laughs> same same <laughs> a lot but, of uh, katanas Bil- in cyberpunk fiction yeah it is <sighs> almost like a food truck fusion of yeah. like a bunch of different uh backgrounds that maybe don't all blend together perfectly like at game trailers do you remember that little street that had all the food trucks yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. if be like an experimental yes. one it would be like tex-mex indian korean burritos and you're like that's you're combining a lot there yeah that's like four <laughs>
0: things but sure
1: i feel like kill bill's like that because it opens with a shaw brothers logo which is a kung fu production yeah. company from hong kong and then it has all these callbacks to samurai movies and some just to like quentin tarantino's favorite american grindhouse movies it's it's just like a blend
2: of westerns a together
3: yeah.
0: well and that's tarantino's whole thing is just like homages to move to film wholesale kind of yeah
2: but that's part of the reason why I don't classify it as a, you know, traditional, as a, as a solid, like, it's, like if somebody says like what's your favorite samurai movie and you say kill bill, that's great.
3: Hmm.
2: I'm not saying that's not okay. I'm just saying that like, if I was going to steer somebody that, like into watching samurai movies, that's not something I'd say like this represents all samurai movies. Cause it's so many different other things that are involved in that.
3: So the it fringes dro-
2: does yeah. it draw from samurai movie, you know, uh visuals and, and some some lore and stuff? Yes, definitely does. Um but uh I think that like I would I would say that doesn't necessarily represent what samurai movies are about.
0: Sure. There we go. Definitive. Uh
2: hug it out, Huber hug it out.
0: <laughs> back to the, <laughs> back to the patron comments. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this. Cellcinoric Selsinor, uh, Akira Kurosawa's *Yojimbo* and *Sanjuro*—amazing films. Great primer to black and white playthrough of *Ghost of Tsushima*, uh, which comes out in a week or whatever. Uh, Conrad, *Croncio*, Kronzi- *Croncio*, *Croncio*. Yeah, the time has come. One of the reasons I bumped up my Patreon pledge to reaction shot status was to, when the time was right, recommend to two, to to all of us the movie When the Last Sword is Drawn from 2002. This is the one I couldn't find. I couldn't get my hands on it. I even just subscribed to Crunchyroll because the website listed it, but then it uh, isn't there. (laughs) So you can't... That was like
4: me with Shogun Assassin, Samurai Rebellion. One of those was not available anywhere. Not in the States.
0: Maybe if I... I I didn't think of trying a VPN until it was like minutes before we shot this i was
1: like oh, i could have tried that but uh we'll track it down this listener paid money yeah to we recommend I, this movie i want to, to watch, watch this movie good. i just couldn't <laughs> find it i'm Several
0: sorry people
2: recommended it
0: yeah it came up a few times which is crazy maybe they're all from out of the states and it's like way more available uh here in the u.s we are in a uh dearth uh, a desert for when where the, the last sword is drawn uh the I japanese think it
2: used to be on netflix oh. uh, and then its license didn't get renewed
0: um so it may still
2: be on japanese netflix
0: okay i think it's uh because i searched for it on amazon and it said not available in your region so maybe it's on there somewhere else too uh but anyway conrad continues it's by far my favorite samurai movie and one of my favorite movies of all time if you've not seen it i implore you to do so before recording this episode we have failed you forgiveness please the
4: dvd ian is 83 dollars whoo the dvd and there's only one left in stock.
2: <laughs> what region is it? Let's
4: buy it. Oh wait, this one is region two. Here's like an old looking one that's only eighteen bucks.
0: Hubert, no shit. If we weren't in the end times, I would say let's buy it, and we would we would get together and watch it. We'd get Matthew Wall seriously Walden, we, We'd force Tokyo Slim to drive down here, fly, I guess, <laughs> and we would all watch it uh. But we're we're going to need
1: that $18 for the penicillin for, yeah. uh, like, apocalypse wounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what
4: region it's $18 cares. For bandages
0: <laughs> and half scissors so that we can craft <laughs> anything we want.
4: <laughs> oh, this one is, the $18 one is Korean only. Like, oh. uh, subtitles, Korean, language, Korean.
0: Hey, well, I, well, in that case, it's bad. But I, I bought a uh, Spanish, I think, blu-ray for bring me the head of alfredo garcia because it literally wasn't available in, in america <laughs> that movie is awesome um we should do like a peckinpah episode and get really depressed um i bought like- a
2: dvd of uh, red sun uh, and i did not realize i was buying it from england because ah. uh, it's not available in the u.s so it's like not here yet i was gonna watch it you know again before i've, I've seen it several times before but it, that's uh kind of a weird western samurai movie uh with uh, Charles Bronson Toshiro Mufune, uh, Alan Dillon, and uh somebody somebody else is in that movie That sounds cool But uh, uh, yeah it's like he uh it's it's, a, it's set here in the US and Toshiro Mufune is as a samurai comes over and like tries to recover a stolen sword It's essentially like uh like Rush Hour or whatever but before you know Rush Hour and a not Comedic at all? It's more of a drama. <laughs> Same setup. Rush hour, but <laughs> Rush
1: hour minus the laughs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so rush hour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> boom.
3: Very simply. Boom. Um, Eat it.
0: Rush. Hour. Rush hour is fine. Rush hour is fine. Uh, Conrad oh, continues. Check. Also, do an anime shout out to Ninja Scroll, one of the prettiest movies ever made. First anime I ever saw. Morgan Mahala. Also, quick shout out to anime Samurai Afro Samurai, Samurai Champloo, Samurai Jack. They all tell great stories, stylized in a great way.
1: I love Samurai Champloo. I've been rewatching that these last couple of weeks. It's fun. I the need Cavalier to it. Director Watanabe. Yeah. It's also the person who animated Kill Bill. The little animated sequence.
3: Oh, they were, yeah. I think,
1: one of the directors or lead animators on Samurai Champloo. So if you Kill Bill, everything spreads out from there. It's yes. a good reference point to dive back into history to watch better movies. <laughs> uh,
2: While we're talking about anime, real quick, yeah, something that, that nobody else actually brought up. Uh, but is sort of on the fringe of being what I would consider to be a samurai movie. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Princess yeah. Mononoke. Oh hell yeah. Uh, set in Katana's that same the era. era, there's <laughs> there you go. Um, also an excellent excellent film.
4: Very uh, shot if, like
1: Kurosawa. The frames yeah.
4: feel like a Kurosawa movie. Spread the word. I, I, every time I bring this up, people have never heard of it. Sort of the stranger. It is an anime film original work not based on anything and it is like the classic uh, samurai who can no, who is no longer allowed to draw his sword because he did something in the past and this gang is like targeting this kid it is so good i saw this movie in college sword of the stranger anime movie bones did the animation uh. and it's just it is a fun ride it is so so good Sword of the Stranger, sounds Sword cool. Sword of the Stranger, it's freaking awesome. I want to see it. It's a Rurouni the...
2: Kenshin, too.
3: It's so sick. I wonder if sick. it's on
4: Crunchyroll that I have for there's two more weeks. A... Dude, there's like a dog that ha- like holds a spear in its mouth. <laughs> Classic. Yes.
1: What more could you ask for? <laughs> yes. Not much. It's uh... so good.
0: Gabriel Roy says, Samurai movies are near and dear to my heart. I was 16 when I saw Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, and it changed me from a kid who watched movies to a kid who loved film. That (laughs) weekend afternoon was a paradigm shift for me, where I saw... From there, I saw Kurosawa's Throne of Blood, and it made me understand Shakespeare in a way no English teacher ever had. Ron is such an incredible experience, one of my favorites. Uh, Watching the hordes of extras uh, move in the battle scenes is absolutely wild. Yojimbo and Sanjuro are so influential and incredibly entertaining. Like, without Kurosawa, there would be... uh, The number of best Western films from the 60s would not exist. Fistful of Dollars, Magnificent Seven, to name two of them. And hey, Star Wars, A New Hope, is just Hidden Fortress, but worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, He has to be the greatest samurai director of all times. Uh, Special shout-out to Twilight Samurai for being a really touching film with wonderful fights. Uh, Happy Uh, game, mate?
4: speaking like i love how they
0: they happy what that i was just jumping to the next person but you go
4: oh no just about extras um kurosawa using extras and how committed they are and like hidden fortress just throngs of people like moving in and moving out it's just
0: well that the whole battle sequence in the rain at the end of seven samurai where there's like 40 people just like full blown sprinting back and forth yes. in the mud and rain with all these yes. horses it's it's just pandemonium yeah. uh but Ron uh have any of you seen Ron? I
1: have not. I love Ron. It's one of my oh. favorites.
0: Yeah, it's so fun. I haven't seen it since college, but I actually did uh we had to do age makeup when I was in theater school and I I did like a the I styled it after the the guy and Ron were like the long wispy like uh <laughs> sideburns and and goatee and stuff is so funny obviously i look nothing like him but uh, ron
1: has amazing colors yeah and uh that's another story of like a woman seeking revenge for her parents there's this woman named i think her name is kaide who's like the main character of the movie essentially secretly she's the one pulling the strings uh to like arrange all these huge battles just so she can get revenge for her family she's fascinating um that movie was king lear right Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's one of uh, Kurosawa's Shakespeare adaptations. That movie was secretly directed by Ishiro Honda, the guy who directed a bunch of Godzilla and Mothra movies. He was Kurosawa's first AD. um, And then he went off and made all these sci-fi pictures, you know, like uh, Godzilla versus Ghidorah and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And then he came back to do more AD work for Kurosawa, who at the time of his vision was starting to fail. Oh,
0: that's right. He had a hard yeah. time,
1: like, setting up the shots. So, Ishira Honda stepped in uh, to help out and kind of almost deserves co-directing credit. Shadow directed TV. it.
2: Yeah. I um, remember
0: hearing that now. Yeah, it's, yeah. A,
2: it's a miracle that movie even got made. They couldn't secure funding for it um, in Japan, uh, probably because during lifetime, he wasn't necessarily like the most well-beloved director in Japan. People thought his movies were very Western um, just because, you know, like, he had a lot of kind of more progressive modern ideas about things and kind of incorporated them into samurai movies that he made. Um, so, like he, he had trouble getting funding later on in his life. George Lucas, and I believe maybe Steven Spielberg and a couple other people, Stepped in to fund that movie, uh, with you know apparently Star Wars money. So a bunch Star of his Wars, movies.
4: a lot of his later Star- movies they helped out.
2: Yeah, that's uh, so cool. I think Dreams might have might have been that way too, but uh, just you know kind of just the back and forth between Western directors who you know really respected him you know just kind of stepping in to find his his movies when he couldn't get domestic funding Which which is great which is great because
0: so many of their films are influenced pretty obviously sometimes by kurosawa too so it's just like yeah so good
1: uh, one of my favorite, another one of my favorite actors from samurai movies is this guy who goes by the stage name Peter. He's in Ron. And he's sort of like the court jester character yeah. who, who like sings along. I mean, it's obviously like a callback to like Shakespearean little characters. But um, he uh, is one of Japan's most well-known gay actors. Usually if there was a gay character in a movie, he was called upon to play the role. This Peter guy, he shows up in... Uh, Zatoichi, uh, my favorite Zatoichi movie, The Blind Swordsman Zatoichi. Yes, dude, yes, He's got a movie called
4: Beat.
1: Yeah, oh, well actually uh, Beat yeah. uh movie is great, his remake of Zatoichi but the yes. original Zatoichi oh, okay, series okay. Um, has the Peter guy in it from Ron Nice. and he plays this uh, gay character who falls in love with Zatoichi and they have a little like samurai kind of love tussle that's pretty cute and um, Zatuichi goes to the fire festival is the name of that movie there's an amazing bathhouse sword fight that feels like eastern promises was inspired by Sick. it some assassins sneak up on Zatuichi, the blind swordsman while he's like uh taking a bath and then just stuff goes crazy in the bathhouse with a sword <laughs> fight um but i've seen this peter guy pop up a lot and i got really interested in him and he did this movie called funeral parade of roses also which is a Early sort of like new wave uh, I've heard of Japanese it. movie. Yeah, it's about uh, transgender clubs and cross-dressing clubs in I think like the 50s or 60s in Japan, but it's got like a radical crazy violent ending and apparently it inspired Takashi Miike's career. So I've seen this Peter guy pop up in a lot of my favorite Japanese movies So I'd say keep an eye on him watch out for him anytime you see him in the IMDB list of a movie he's so cool and so funny and has like a big range, uh, so I highly recommend any movie with a guy named Peter in it.
0: I love that he's just called Peter. Peter. Yeah, <laughs> who's that? That's Peter. So, I... uh, you
2: uh, posted the trailer, I think, for that movie on.
0: Oh, no, we're kind of uh, losing you. We've uh, been kind of losing uh, you throughout. Uh, oh.
2: Twitter or something. I immediately uh-huh. went to, like go sign up for for Canopy the other day. Oh, cool. Oh. Cool, yeah.
1: I think uh, Funeral Parade of Roses is on Canopy. Canopy's got a good selection of classic films. Like You can even catch Seven Samurai on there for free last time I oh, checked. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Uh,
0: sorry, we, yeah, we kind of lost you there for a minute there. Tokyo Slim kind of was dipping in and out. Uh, hopefully it's back to normal now that you look frozen. Uh, modern perils of podcasting with internet... <laughs>
4: Spin it at woes.
0: Uh, continuing with uh, patrons here. Happy Gaming, 13 Assassins is a modern masterpiece. Uh, I'd say on par with Seven Samurai, though uh, both films specifically shine from the era they were created in, 13 Assassins has a villain. We are brutally shown why we need to see brought down, and that context makes the story of a band coming together especially powerful, as we have a burning desire to see the character brought to violent justice. Colt Smith... This is a long one. Let me see if I can parse it down a little bit. Uh, Finally arrived at my favorite category of films. Kurosawa, easily my favorite director of all time. And I feel strongly that Toshiro Mifune is the greatest actor that has ever graced the screen. Now, that isn't to say that I'm not only familiar with their work, I am a voracious consumer of all samurai media, so here we go. Uh, Favorite samurai film of all time is, without a doubt, Seven Samurai*. Second favorite is Ron. Kage Musha, Throne of Blood, Sanjuro, Yojimbo, Sword of Doom, uh, Musashi Trilogy, Zatoichi, uh, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, uh, Twilight Samurai, Sukiyaki, Western Django. First mention of nice. that, uh, sure. which I've seen, and that is a bonkers movie. Uh, 13 Assassins, Harakiri, Death of a Samurai, Zatoichi. Uh, just so many. And then they shouted out Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. I was going to ask,
4: dude. Yes. Which uh,
0: they think is a great so look much Samurai dis- culture, not definitely yeah. from a white savior film like most think it is. Tom Cruise dude, is absolutely yes. not the hero of that film, nor does he do Hell a whole yeah. lot to help. He's just here to learn and grow and witness. Uh, and then they also bring up 47 Ronin, which is stupid and dumb and amazing, they say. <laughs> Keanu. Keanu fights a dragon with a sword. <laughs> mm-hmm uh
4: yeah last samurai gets so much disrespect that movie's sick as hell yeah love it
0: i remember not hating it i've seen it but it's been a long time
4: dude you get the classic the classic like samurai versus ninjas is like a big deal in that gotta do that showdown yep
0: Varun kachwaha also brought up last samurai Uh, Sick. they uh feel like it was released in a time where having a marketable lead like tom cruise is probably a big reason why it got made uh but he felt They felt that it respected Japanese culture and was an enjoyable film to watch. It was especially pleasing from a production point of view in terms of the score, set production, and action set pieces. Surprising fact that they learned about the film is that it actually grossed higher in Japan than in the U.S., which I didn't know. Nice.
4: Yeah, it's got Hiroki Sanada, I think, from Twilight Samurai and Ken Watanabe.
0: Mazram Tame brought up When the Last Sword is Drawn, or Mibu Gishiden uh favorite movie of all time if you only see one movie see this one we're sorry uh twilight samurai uh ken wantanabe is great in oh boy yurusare zarumond or unforgiven <laughs> uh honorable mentions zatoichi any virgin ichi female zatoichi sword of doom hey uh sword of lady doom. snowblood hey uh hey. runi kench am i on the bottom hi yeah, you're you're below me. <laughs> yeah, it's Huber over here. Hi, or, there. Huber there, actually. You're down, and then Tokyo's over there. Uh Lone Wolf of Cub, Musashi, a bunch of other ones. Uh Tokyo Slim, you put notes in here, but I've got you here, so there you go. Uh <laughs> I, I asked uh what the best director was, and pretty much everybody said Kurosawa. <laughs> yeah. Uh but Happy Gaming also brought up Mikkei, uh but I mean, every I mean, like, let's be real.
4: Because he yeah, has so many too. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, many amazing ones.
0: And I, I asked, uh, and we've kind of basically talked on this, so we don't have to dwell here. But I asked how samurai films influence westerns, and then how westerns influenced samurai films. I think we've kind of uh, run the gamut on that. But Conrad Croncio, uh, sorry. Uh, brought up sukiyaki western chango again uh which i forgot was takashi Mike. that was one of the first times i think i saw like quentin tarantino presents was mm-hmm.
4: that was that him that and he's in it yeah he's oh, in yeah he's in it too part, that's right yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah some some good comments on that but we've basically uh Com- talked about that Richard Flowers brought up that John Ford was one of Kurosawa's favorite directors which I did not know that um, but it makes sense <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's see here I asked uh, what the best 45 minute battle sequence was in a samurai film uh,
1: silent concert
0: got, <laughs> yeah, got, got, uh, got the correct answer Said, is it 13 assassins uh, but Richard about- Flowers also brought up not sure on their total length, but the last half of Seven Samurai, pretty good. Pretty good long battle, too.
4: Does anyone have a favorite samurai duel? Ooh. Like a one-on-one? Because I like the one-on-one fights a lot more than the big battles.
0: Well, that's the funny thing with katana combat, right? Is It's like one cut, one kill. It's So they're mm-hmm. they're less like you're used to. I mean, it's more, I guess, like a Western where it's just like the showdown. Like one shot and you're dead. The one, the one, the first one that comes to mind is the end of Thirteen Assassins, but it's uh,
4: good
3: one. And Blade of the Immortal had a really sick Blade, one yeah. too.
1: My favorite one probably is at the end of the Samurai trilogy. One of your listeners or viewers brought up uh, that that series of movies. It's about uh, Masashi Miyamoto, a real life samurai, and it's sort of like a long, kind of Gone with the Wind sweeping epic, maybe with a lot less racism. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> one, one can only hope. Yeah, it's a bit of a slog to get through all three of those movies, but by far, the In culminates in a beautiful, beautiful duel, and it's sunset at a beach, while the ocean waves are reflecting a red sun, and there are these two dudes on the beach with wind blowing, and they have their final sword fight duel so showdown. And you're cool. like, this is the whole reason samurais and movies and samurai movies even came into being was to have this one scene it's so sweeping and archetypal
3: yeah i would even
1: say don't watch all three of those movies unless you're in for a long haul but maybe (laughs) if you have a streaming service click on the last five minutes of the the final movie just to see that sword fight it's beautiful it
0: reminds me of uh, the game samurai gun they have a sunset showdown battle
1: moment in there it's a great place for a showdown
0: yeah uh I also asked kind of just a dumb troll question, uh, color, or black and white. Uh, and I actually got, like, I didn't expect anyone to really answer this cause it's such a silly question, but like, uh, I actually got some nice answers to this Colt Smith, uh, color, black and white is a difficult choice. Some of the color films are just so damn fantastic, but black and white is so classic. I mean, Ron wouldn't be the same film without its beautiful color coded shots, armies, locales and characters. Silent Consonant said, stylized black and white with colorful blood like Sin City. Very fun. (laughs) Happy Gaming said, I think color and black and white have their own brand of taste and flavor. However, in recent years of movies being converted to black and white, like Parasite, Logan, and Mad Max Free Road, I saw Mad Max Free Road in theaters in black and white, and it was very, very cool. Uh, And I noticed the same thing that they noticed, that uh, I've noticed that black and white aesthetics give more of an emphasis for the audience to focus on the characters and their expressions instead of the backgrounds or sets. In a color film, it's a lot easier to focus on the entire frame and see aesthetically what was meant to be happening in the entire frame as color is used to draw attention, allude to themes, etc. While not every color movie would benefit from a black and white conversion, I feel 13 Assassins would be a great movie to try it out. That would be Mm -hmm. fascinating. And Ghost of Tsushima Mm -hmm. has that black and white mode probably for this reason. But yeah, when I saw, uh, and I've talked about this before, but when I saw... Fury Road in black and white that was the thing I noticed is like the performances changed they like felt different like Charlize Theron I was noticing like smaller details in her performance and the action was like not that it was hard to follow because that movie's brilliant but like I noticed fine details uh in action like how well choreographed and staged like dudes crawling on parts of trucks I hadn't seen before uh really really cool effect
4: super
3: cool
0: um, then I just said, anything else you'd like us to discuss? Uh, Jesse Blue, who's going by Black Lives Matter right now, says uh, they just wanted to say hi to Matthew Wal- uh, Walden. Hey. Hey there, Jesse Blue. I <laughs> hope you're hey doing well. <laughs> uh, sorry, Tokyo
2: Slim. Yeah, she, she, She's sad to be elsewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys probably talk all the time. Uh, <laughs> though I suspect these might be doing more harm than good, personally. Uh, Morgan Mahalo uh, wants a Patriot check. With Hubert. <laughs>
3: Zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, no
2: news is bad news.
0: Yeah, it's uh, like that's too bad. Anytime someone right? like tells you to do something, it pushes it farther away. If you're anything hey. like me, hey, the don't, only thing I've watched don't was watch the only Patriot.
2: thing I watched,
4: The only thing I watched was samurai movies. I haven't yeah, been, been messing around.
0: He was on task. He's that's been on task. Two, on task. We've had two. We've had two heavy lifting uh, episodes in a row where we had to watch a lot yeah. of stuff.
1: Maybe we hadn't seen yet.
0: Yeah, um, been on task. But yeah, don't watch Patriot, you're very, you'd hate it.
4: Yeah, it's not for you. It's
1: not for you. I dare
4: you not to watch
1: it.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know, I actually started, uh, I just watched one episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. i never Yo, seen dude, it. Yo, dude, that's Ever. a good my, ass show. I know nothing about it, so don't spoil it. My- uh, uh, the, Damn thing. Yeah,
1: Legend of Korra? That's and, what, yeah, oh, that's yeah. what yeah.
4: says.
0: My Seedlings, the show that I made 100 years ago, uh, pretty inspired by Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Morgan Mahalo also, oh, brought up the black and white, uh, in the photo mode. In uh, interesting that GOT now will stand for Ghost of Tsushima instead of game of Thrones. I think that's a, nice. hap- a happy change.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Richard flowers wants to give a brief mention to Kihachi Okamoto's sort of doom, which same. really has a crazy ending that spirals out of control. There it Super is alluded to, uh, I'm the same
4: wavelength. <laughs> yeah. Uh, i can't even i can't i'm like still shook
1: i'm shook. i need to see this movie it sounds fascinating
4: gosha is cool he's really dark yeah oh really Is, it, is oh the what else has that director done Matt? he
1: did uh three outlaw samurai um he also did i'm trying to remember the name of it. a cool color one where it's like a blend of yakuza gun showdowns and sword fighting oh my god um, i need to
4: watch that immediately he did yeah.
1: a vaporwave style movie in the 80s called Death Shadows, and it's with samurai ladies, like, whipping ribbons around to fight people. <laughs> what? Uh, but Gosho's cool. He's always got, like, a dark edge to him. Yeah,
4: yeah Sword of Doom was
1: bleak. This sounds so- awesome.
0: Uh, I gotta watch all this. What's that Tokyo Drifter Huber? Where it's, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they use that same it almost looks like Chiris or something, like, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari style, like, kind of yes. weird, abstract... Uh,
1: that movie rules that's seiji and suzuki i'm glad you brought him up because i just saw the craziest seiji and suzuki movie oh yeah uh, princess princess raccoon um and it's (laughs) like yeah it's an opera from i think the early 2000s about a princess raccoon who falls in love with uh this prince and they're like samurai assassins who come after the prince because his evil dad who looks like a Power Ranger reject comes out with like secret potions and wants his son killed because he's afraid his son is gonna look more beautiful than him. It's an insane movie. It's definitely like the cliche of like, whoa dude, I felt like I was getting high watching that movie. But you'll feel like you got high watching this movie. <laughs> I it's need to watch so this movie. So strange and fun and bizarre. Everybody I'll thinks I'm have a legal link to it. But yeah. Okay, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's really good.
0: <laughs> you're our you're our dealer. Uh Happy Gaming says, As I've been watching more shows, cultural blends of samurai genres have become extremely fascinating. Samurai Champloo is an incredible mash of hip-hop and classic samurai aesthetics, and it works beautifully. Samurai Jack has moments that pull from classics so respectfully, but manages to also fit into the 2000s American cartoon genre that Tarkovsky owns so well in my eyes. I'm excited to see other mashups like Samurai 7, which I hadn't heard of until this point. An anime sci-fi retelling of Seven Samurai. Sounds great. These blends are especially fascinating to me because they are always from the lens of a specific culture that is trying to also show appreciation for one that is not specifically their own. Samurai Champloo pays homage to hip-hop, whereas Samurai Jack is an American-made show respecting Japanese roots and the samurai genre. Side note, I found out there's an extended cut of 13 assassins that 15, that is 15 minutes longer than the international cut. It's difficult to get information on that, though. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in this.
2: Uh, Having seen Samurai 7, I would just like to say that it's fine.
0: Oh. I agree. You've seen it? Yeah. Oh, Same. well.
2: It's hey, fine.
0: Fine is okay. A lot it's of fine. great things are fine.
4: I watched that when I was, like, you know, when you're going through the obligatory watching of, like, Akira, Cowboy Bebop, Ghost in the Shell, like, throw that in. I was like, oh, that's okay.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Silent Consonant did something that I I, I appreciated. So he had all kinds of thoughts and then gave me TLDRs on all of them. And so since we're almost at two hours, here are the TLDRs of all of Silent Consonant's (laughs) (laughs) thoughts. Oh. I think I prefer samurai series over movies. I want creative sword fights to keep me interested in a samurai movie, even if that directly is opposed to the Bushido code. Star Wars has done Seven, seven Samurai multiple times, uh, <laughs> and Hanzo the Razor Sword of Justice is this softcore porn? <laughs> Don't know what that is, yeah, but it sounds like
2: it. It is sort of. Uh, I'm in. I, I I told him I wanted to touch on this briefly. Skinnerbirds as briefly as I can, um, the seventies and before obviously were a time when women were not necessarily treated the way that they are treated now. Um, this specific movie is problematic in certain ways that are kind of gross. When you think about them now, maybe they were kind of gross. Then there was kind of the point, this was a shocking, this was a very, very like, um, uh, like pulpy exploitation style movie, uh, where Hanzo the Razor is kind of a—he's like a detective uh, for for samurai type of deals, and he goes around and he kind of sexually assaults women in order to gain their testimonies and prosecute bad people. They start out not liking it and then fall in love with him afterwards um he Ooh, it
1: keeps getting worse Yeah, <laughs> <himself. laughs> it like it's, it's, it's like it's kind of a gross it's a
2: gross movie it has it has stuff in it that is worth um seeing if you can get past that kind of thing um not
3: sure it's, I can. And campy. Yeah.
2: It, it, it's, it's a kitchen can't be in the way that like the early bond movies were. it just is like that on steroids uh-huh. You know, like to the extreme, as far as like it's views on and on on women and and that kind of thing. Um, and I saw it a long time ago, and it was like during like a real edgy phase of my life, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so if you're in a real edgy phase of your life, it may be something worth looking into. Uh, you know, no no uh, no judgment here. It's just it doesn't hold up real great as far as modern. Ethics are concerned, is in my opinion. There are definitely um, some
0: movies from my youth that I thought were super cool that upon re-examination I was like, oh, this movie's pretty fucked up. Uh Whoopsies. Uh <laughs> like you know, Blade Runner. Uh
2: yeah, there's <laughs> definitely some pretty rapey parts of Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh
0: 2047, but, though. four. Twenty twenty forty nine. But yeah. Twenty forty nine. Twenty forty nine? Twenty forty seven? Twenty forty nine. 2077 Twenty seventy
2: seven is... Cyberpunk.
0: Cyberpunk. And then there's a In the Mood for Love, like, yes. Oh, the sequel. Called yeah, that 20, one was really weird. Is 46. that 2046? Yeah.
1: Because I think it was the year of Hong Kong's, like, independence. Right. Projected, yeah, yeah, What's crazy, shameful moment, I haven't seen In the Mood for Love
0: yet. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, you'll
1: love it. It's, but I have seen... So, kind of
0: oh, I know I will. But I have seen 2046. <laughs> and uh that's 2049 that's oh yeah but uh 2046 is one of those movies where the uh trailers it's like pan's labyrinth like the trailers did it dirty like if i had known what i was actually going in for i would have liked it but the trailers are almost just all the sci-fi stuff which is like seven minutes of the whole actual movie uh you know it has a great trailer the handmaiden red Mm -hmm. sex by vessel is the song in that i believe I think that's nice. right. That trailer and that movie are fucking dope.
4: Anyway. Dude, Blade of the Immortal taught me about this like crazy Japanese guitarist that is known for finger slapping because the fi- uh, the end credits are from this guy. Sick. <laughs> it's Blade Kashi of the hey. man, I love that. Showing me, showing me more than film, dude. Exposing me to to artists. It's awesome.
1: Uh, all right. My cat has something she wants to say. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, it's funny, while she's here, I actually had some cat samurai movies to recommend. Lay them on lay them on I'll be really quick about it. So one is called Kudo Neko, which uh, is about some women who get killed by samurai, unfortunately, at the beginning of the movie. Um, they're treated terribly, but the rest of the movie, they treat samurai terribly. They become ghosts, they become cat ghosts, and they haunt samurai. And it's a critique of samurai who use their roles as protectors and their power to mistreat the people they're supposed to be helping. So it feels very timely. Yeah. Um, And then it's got crazy cat ghosts. It's part of a genre, actually. There's a genre in in Japan called bakeneko, which is short for, like, ghost cat or ghost monster. Yeah, neko is
0: cat, right?
1: Yeah, and there's a couple of good movies in that genre. Another Mako kaji from Lady Snowblood, another one of her movies, is called uh, The Blind Woman's Curse. And that one has some excellent haunted cat stuff in it, and uh, it's got a cool storyline where these women in a Yakuza samurai gang have a dragon tattoo across their backs, but they have to stand next to each other to show the whole picture of the dragon, oh, and Miko cool. Kaji, the leader, has the dragon's head on her back. Very um, cool. Yeah, so there's, this, there's this crazy serial killer who, like, all of a sudden you see these tattooed backs show up, like, nailed to a wall and you're like uh-oh somebody's coming after these people um so it's pretty intense and scary but awesome sword fights awesome Mako kaji stuff it's part of a that's part of a genre called uh if we want to talk about problematic stuff there's a genre called edo Guro, which is short for erotic grotesque nonsense um and that's a whole category of like samurai movie and exploitation movies in the 70s where it's just kind of surreal david lynch stuff that's a little violent, a little upsetting, very artsy. Um, I got really into samurai ghost stuff. I watched a lot of those. And a lot of those, you don't unfortunately see a lot of movies with women as samurai, even though there were samurai women in the early stages of samurai history. I forgot they had a specific name. I think it was Ona Bugesha, but there were women samurai who fought along men samurai, and they just haven't gotten around to at least bringing any of those movies over. That'd be to a America, cool movie. Yeah, Because I haven't seen them. But I got obsessed with like women on sort of the edges of samurai society taking their revenge. There's another good horror movie called Onibaba, which is two women who uh, they sort of take over and ambush these samurai dudes, kill them, take their clothes and sell their clothes for food and (laughs) take their swords and shields and they throw them down this well, it's almost like the ring. and then uh, they get this creepy demon mask, the Onibaba mask, and they use that to haunt people in this cornfield. It's almost like a Japanese samurai children of the corn <laughs> with, rebe- with revenging demon women. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's really cool. So those are my three horror, samurai, women, badass recommendations.
0: I love that. I love how uh, Haosu fits into erotic nonsense and cat ghost. It does. Uh, it's part of
1: Eirogudo oh, yeah. and uh, Bakeneko. Yeah, yeah. Both of it's those got it all.
0: That movie transcends genre. <laughs> uh, Hausu, or just house, is fantastic, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's really cool. I watched it a while ago, and it was so good. I think I talked about it last month or something, or two months ago, but, like, oh, my God, that movie... <laughs>
1: i rewatch it it's like fantastic. every few years
0: it's good yeah. yeah it's on the criterion channel i think so it's it's yes it is yeah have you
1: seen this huber no you gotta watch you house it. how yeah. much is it's Criterion Channel?
0: i paid a hundred for the year i think okay it's a yearly thing it's like 10 a month whatever yeah not enough. necessarily you can do you it, it monthly but
2: to. the year is a better value so much good stuff You're gonna watch right, a lot of stuff
0: dude criterion channel is real good and yeah, they dude. they do what i really love and i think you'd appreciate huber is they do a few different things that are really cool. They do, like, collections, you know, so they'll be, like, directed by Kurosawa is one they have right now, and it's just, like, you click on that and you can see all this stuff. They nice. also do, like, this actor, you know, is in a bunch of stuff, and then they also do cool stuff with, like, a feature and a short. So, like, they'll, sh- they'll show a short and then a feature that have something to do with each other. They do double features of movies that... It, it really feels like kind of like an art house movie theater experience.
4: Nice. Um yeah. Also, so like have I haven't checked out
0: the the Alamo Draft House online thing that they have now too, which looks cool.
4: Do they just have a browser based, or is it? No, Xbox there's Live a Roku. Or?
0: There's a Roku app. At least I use it Oops. on my TV. Uh, nope. Works well. Uh, yeah. Before we get into the quote challenge, is there anything else that anybody wants to say that we haven't had a
1: chance to touch on yet? I would be in a samurai gang with all three of you same dude and we could get it what
0: would the tattoo would we get a ghost cat tattoo across
1: all our backs oh i'd love that i'd be so happy and if anybody messes with any one of you they have to deal with me yeah samurai bonds are tight we we should be
0: called the erotic nonsense gang (laughs) whatever japanese for (laughs) that is that's our name the erotic nonsense gang uh tokyo slim do you have anything else final thoughts at all before we See how bad we do at the quote challenge that you made for us this I month? I don't. Stall
2: for time while I pull up the uh, quote challenge.
0: Oh, I've
1: got it stall here. for time. I've got stall it. for time. I've got it here.
2: Oh, okay, good. Uh, Yours are always I so hard. Happen. Yeah,
1: I, I, When I'm listening, I rarely get them. I got that Wayne's World shoplifting one. Though. I knew that one. <laughs> the marriage is punishment for shoplifting.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, here, uh, I'll, I'll read you the ones from last month that we didn't get, uh, and Matthew, maybe uh, you'll see if you can get
4: them, too, this, this time. I do uh, want to say Samurai are friggin' awesome that's that's it samurai are cool yeah and just the way like obviously they've been so romanticized just like western cowboys you know but like the vision of that is just fun to watch it's like just and and like you were touching on it earlier just about like so many of them being kind in a lot of these movies especially kurosawa movies you know he hones in on like the humanism the human element of all these these people
0: Tra- which that. is then transposed with how cruel and awful the, mm. the other ones are, like the bad ones. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and um, even when we follow, like, bad ones, like, like Blade of the Immortal, you know, he does some bad things. But yeah, it's, he's like, got a shitty guy. Looking for redemption, you know, doing the right thing in the end. Yeah, So it's just fun, fun to... That's a fun odd couple,
1: those two and Blade yeah, of the Immortal.
0: Yeah, uh, Just fun. All right. Last month's quote challenge, as prepared by patron saint of Reaction Shots Tokyo Slip, uh, <laughs> I could rip out your nose or snip off your lips, but you've been looking where you shouldn't. So it's your eyes that should be punished. So I'll let you, uh, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take an eye. Uh, Matthew Walden, you have any?
1: Cl- yeah, no, no clue. No clue. Uh, so juice.
0: Apparently, well, remember the theme, so Tokyo Slim puts them on theme. So last last month we were doing Black Film Creators. Uh, Maybe
1: that's a, is that a Shaft reference? It feels like one of those intense exploitation movies.
0: Well, apparently Gabby and I briefly mused that it felt like Morgan Freeman. Uh, so Tokyo Slim very kindly gives it to us, but uh, it was Morgan Freeman in Street Smart, which I have Ooh. not seen. Uh, here's another one that we did not get. Everyone knows when you make an assumption, you make, out of, you make an ass out of you and umption.
1: Long kiss night.
0: Oh my God. Got it. With yeah.
1: Gina Davis and Samuel yeah. L. Jackson.
0: Dude, I love that movie
3: too. Yeah, that
1: was fun. Yeah. It's fun. And, oh uh, God, I rewatched to... it like last year. It's good. Oh,
3: I used my to friend watch Gabe put it so on. Much yeah. It's so as a good.
4: kid, Dude, my had the VHS, I used to love that movie. I got to see that one. Dude. Uh,
0: Dennis, our guest last month, guessed that it was Samuel Jackson. So count, we're counting it. Uh, cool. uh, Quick shout out because I was listening to the I was sitting here listening to the soundtracks to the conversation and the Long Good Friday the other day, and awesome. uh, quick shout out to the Long Good Friday that movie is sweet one of my favorite final shots in a movie ever uh,
4: love a good final shot
0: yeah Bob Hoskins rip
2: great movies next next month what. British gangster movies next month. Is yeah, dude.
0: Going? not next month, but maybe in a month or two, because mm-hmm. that would be a that'd be a crazy theme, actually. <laughs> uh, maybe just gangster movies on the whole. Next month, actually, we're percolating. Uh, nothing for sure yet, but I'm uh, gonna have some special guests. Um, I don't know how much I can say, but they have a project that seems cool, and they will be guests. Please
1: be look excited. forward to
0: it. Please look forward. Please be excited. Uh, <laughs> Uh, here's another one. I don't know, Lenny. You see, friendship is more than one person constantly doing favors for another. You know that one is Matthew Walden.
1: No, I don't know. I'm, you know, your guest guessed that this was of mice and men, and that was as good of a seems like mm-hmm. a good suggestion as I could come up with. I have no idea what it is. This is
0: Angela Bassett in *Strange Days*, which Huber Damn it picked we out not just
2: ended
1: about
0: it. We apparently yeah, a it.
2: very topical movie. The
1: uh, VR one, right? That's the VR uh, one, right? Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, you, Catherine
4: Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. You, bizarre, yeah. You record experiences and then sell them on the black market.
0: Um, I
4: dope. I nailed a the... for life.
0: I nailed the Magic Mike XXL quote, so that, that points for me. From one of the best
1: month. movies ever made. <laughs> it's
0: just a shockingly good movie.
1: It's so <laughs> good. That Nine Inch Nails wedding routine? Oh, it kills me. Well, it's and so the, good.
0: Yeah, and the when he does the thing and the when he's trying to make the woman who works at the convenience store smile, and he just like oh, does this
1: it's beautiful. super sexy yeah. dance,
0: throws chips and water everywhere, and then he says, "How much for the chips and water?"
1: That um, movie, I just have a smile plastered on my face for the whole thing. It's, it's so hilarious. good. Oh my yeah, god, that's great comedy, feminist masterpiece.
0: Uh, and then, aw, oh, the milk went bad while I was in jail. Apparently, I guess that it was Pam Greer and Jackie Brown. So I got a point for that. I don't remember guessing that right, but Tokyo.
2: I think Sims you just guessed it was Pam Greer, oh, okay. or you hoped it was Pam Greer. Oh, okay, okay. So I okay. gave it to you.
0: Nice. All right. Here's this month. None of us know anything about this, well, except for Tokyo Slam. So Matthew and Huber and I are on the hook now. Here we go. Lay uh, on us. This month.
3: <laughs>
2: That's disturbing. <laughs> that
0: is terrifying. Holy shit. Is that a clue? It's the
2: theme. It's this theme.
4: That's
0: you got to deal true. with it. This is the theme. Is Nicholas Cage? Okay. Might do okay with this. Uh, Did I ever tell you that this here jacket represents a symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom? My belief in personal
1: freedom. (laughs) Uh, What is that? Wild at at heart. Uh, Killing me
0: won't bring back your goddamn honey. I know this one. Do you guys know this one? That is is from the Wicker Man remake. Uh, The original Wicker Man, by the way, phenomenal movie. Yeah, Um, super good.
2: Remake is a finale movie in its own way.
0: In its own way. I've told the story before, but we accidentally watched the theatrical cut that didn't even show the not-the-been oh, no. scene. Yeah. I was so pissed. Two hours wasted. Um, all right. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, butthole. did you get out the of your cell?
3: Yeah. The
0: Rock. Who says that? Did they write that, or did he say that? <laughs> uh... The snowflakes are perfect. The stars are perfect. Not us. Not us. We are here to ruin ourselves and to break our hearts and love the wrong people and die. The storybooks are bullshit. Now I want you to come upstairs with me and get in my bed. I don't know, but my guess would be moonstruck.
1: But I don't, I don't have, have a the, guess. Know but it's one. a cool quote. I like.
2: The yeah, quote. I like that. that is a that is Moonstruck. Ah, We're doing good on the I next I haven't page. seen
0: Moonstruck. I love Nicolas Cage. I made these
2: extra easy this month. Okay, because we felt last, so bad last <laughs> month. Last month I felt bad.
0: Uh, okay, I know this one. This is an amazing Nicolas Cage quote. What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table?
4: Oh, God. That uh,
0: Full title only. Shit. <laughs> it's a <laughs> sequel, kind of? Sort of. Inexplicably directed by Werner Herzog?
4: Oh, bad <laughs> Lieutenant, Port of New Orleans. Port, port of, of Call,
0: Call New Orleans. New Orleans. Port yeah. of Call New Orleans, yes.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's like high on whatever and he just yeah. hallucinates a on a table. God, he is a monster in that movie.
2: It's um, a very uh, interesting movie. I love it. It's yeah. one of my favorite uh, Werner Herzog films, actually.
0: It's a very... And also
2: um, one of my favorite Nick Cage movies, so...
0: Here's the deal. I love... We should do a Nicolas Cage episode. I legitimately or love... Werner Ver-
4: Herzog.
0: And Werner Herzog. <laughs> we, that's, we got three themes coming up here. Gangsters, Nicolas Cage, Werner Herzog. That's, that's three episodes three months from now. Uh, but yeah, Nicolas Cage, dude, he's got two modes, actor and paying off his castle. Sometimes they converge, but I always have a great time with Nicolas Cage. Shout out to Mandy. Uh, shout out to
4: National Treasure. Shout out to National again? Treasure Is the second dude. one
0: good? Yeah, National Treasure 2, sweet. He kidnaps the know. president. <laughs> I don't
4: know if I ever saw the second
0: one. I'm going to kidnap the president of the United States. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has to turn and declare what he's going to do at some point every National Treasure. National Treasure 3, please. Please. Anyway. Yeah.
4: That feels like a movie that would be kickstarted.
0: <laughs> I will kickstart National Treasure <laughs> 3. I have no purview over that. No way to make it. Do- do Go fund me <laughs> for National Treasure 3. Um, well, we've gone for two hours. Thank you so much uh, to both of you guests for being here with us today. No doubt. Thank you to the listeners and to the uh, everything else's. Uh, I need to
1: say something matthew uh thank you this has been a highlight of quarantine oh, i watched a bunch of fun samurai movies with my wife and i looked forward to talking to three awesome people and here it is oh. it's finally happening the build-up was worth it so thank mm. you this is great well, And I things can... still happen even while everything else is crazy yeah these, these things still exist i yes. always look forward to having
0: both of you on uh, and I look forward to the day when someday we can all see each other in person once again
4: yeah thanks uh, for going easy on the quotes this time uh, <laughs> to... <laughs>
2: all uh, Nick Cage quotes from out for now yeah, on <laughs>
0: Nick Cage only uh, we nailed it we got them all five
2: uh, out of five
0: watch the we- witches of Eastwick I think you'd all love it uh, movies bonkers uh, shout out tier Patreon.com slash easy allies. There is a tier called the shout out tier wherein you get a shout out. The people who get shout outs are El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Blue, and Black Lives Matter, sponsored by Jesse Blue. Thank you so much. And that is very, very true. Um, Thank you both so
2: much. Good. Good. Sashima next week. I'm in it. I'm not in it, but like. I'm going to be
0: it, so. Oh, I was I'll, like, "You're I'll, in it."
2: <laughs> I'm not in it. I'm not. Cameo. I'll, be, I'll be in it. I'll be engrossed in it.
0: I'm. Yeah. The whatever day that I can't remember the day that that comes out. But, I think it's uh, the 14th. Yeah, that's a big day. We got Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario, Paper which I'm Mario. very excited yeah. about. Uh, so pumped on that. Getting getting in on both of those day one. Going to be a real weird breakneck uh, transition <laughs> between
4: the two. Paper Mario in the day, Ghost of Tsushima at night.
0: I'm still very sad that we haven't been seeing any memes combining those two games like they did for Doom and Animal yeah, Crossing. What the heck? Get on it? Yeah. I, I mean, see origami, that it's
2: animal. like it's right there. Yeah. You
0: know? totally. Um, But anyway, pardon me. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you for listening and watching at home. Uh, if you are in the $7 and up film club tier on our Patreon, patreon.com slash easy allies, you get to be amongst the beauties who comment and we discuss their comments upon this very show you get this show early uh whenever usually whenever we shoot it uh which this time will be a week early sometimes it's a day early sometimes it's three days early it's it's a fun surprise if you like to be surprised (laughs) hop in (laughs) Uh, fast and loose fast and loose all right time travel yeah uh, well, we will see you next month with special guests here on Reaction Shots once again, and then after that, we'll do Nicolas Cage gangsters or Werner Herzog. Uh, we got we got shows planned out now. It's gonna be great, and I'm probably gonna have you both back on for that.
2: <laughs> I'm here uh, for Nick Cage. You know it any day. Yeah, maybe.
4: For an yeah, but... Reaction Shots dedicated to Nick Cage. I am not kidding. <laughs> oh that's hilarious i
0: I assume matthew alden and tokio slim both have
1: plenty to say on nicholas cage let's get nick cage on he's probably not up to anything right now yo if someone knows nicholas cage
4: yeah please let's get let's make this happen
0: um all right everybody no nick cage we're
4: celebrating your entire career are you in
0: talking about vampires kiss for four hours legitimately love that movie that movie is fantastic um all right Goodbye, everyone.